Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by BetQL. Tate, do you want an edge over Vegas? Yes. I do too. That's what we all want. I got the easy solution. Download BetQL, the app you need to get an advantage this season. Discover value bets, line movement, and find out what bets the public backs with BetQL. The best part, BetQL is free to download with your mobile device. Head to BetQL.co and use promo code SHINING for your three-day trial. Give yourself an advantage over Vegas and download BetQL. That's BetQL.co and promo code SHINING. We're also brought to you by ourselves once again. Um, we're going on tour, Tate. We're going to keep promoting it. All day. Come Always. Out, come out and see us. It's happening this week. We are one week away from today. We're recording this on Tuesday. One week away from today, the Champions Classic is happening in Indianapolis. We are going to the Midwest. We're going to do three shows before the Champions Classic, uh, and then we're going to the games. Not a lot of champions, recent champions in that game. Ooh. Just kidding. The, Sorry, Duke. We know the, the, 2015 The Champions happened. Classic already happened between uh, Carolina and, and Villanova. Villanova and the secret scrimmage. scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, we already See, saw I that. I love secret scrimmages. I love that. T- I love all this stuff that's coming out with the secret scrimmages and how um, people are just drawing conclusions. Like, people are either drawing conclusions or the other people are yelling. Jumping like, to conclusions. Or you're yelling, don't don't draw conclusions and, like, none of this matters. You either say, like, none of this matters, throw it all out. I don't care that Washington destroyed Nevada and Reno. Or you're someone who's like, oh, shit. Washington destroyed Nevada and Reno. Well, this it is ca- huge. It kind of works. Whoever wins thinks it's a really big deal, and yeah. whoever loses says yeah. that they're, they're they weren't at full strength. And then that's I, always the argument. I sit there and I'm like, eh, I don't really care either way. Uh, let's just get to the games. We're a week away. <laughs> I don't We're need to so worry close. about that. We're I don't so need to close. worry about. Uh, so yeah, come see us on tour. There are tickets still left. We're not going to beg you at this point. Um, if you want to see us, come see us. If you don't listen, just. It's like the fact that you download our podcast, that's good enough. The fact that I'm you're happy. listening to this, yeah. you're already a friend we of love the program. You. We love you. Uh, but we are coming to Columbus on Friday. We are coming to Louisville on Saturday. We are coming to Chicago on Wednesday and Bloomington on Sunday. I, I went out of on order. Sunday. I don't know why I went out of order. Yeah, well, Bloomington on Sunday. You left the um, best for last for you. Also, we uh, I got confirmation. Chris Holtman, Greg Oden will be at our show in Columbus on Friday. So I'm excited about that. It'll be fun. It'll be a good show. If you live in Columbus and you don't come and you listen to our podcast... You have some explaining to do. Like, it's, it's, I don't know how else to explain it. I can't wait to see it. Kyle <laughs> out and about Columbus Friday night. That's, that's going to be great. That's the best thing about it. No, we I are, like Ohio. We are, sti- like Ohio. <laughs> we are still, yeah. Kyle loves Ohio. Even though Dude. I remember, I recall when you tried to get Kyle yeah. to, to uh, confess yeah. his love for Cleveland, he refused to do so on the program for, okay. for the sheer fact that Bill would send him to Cleveland probably forever. <laughs> I uh, might get a summer house. Yeah, know. exactly. But I'm happy that you'll be back. You're going to be wearing a white tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Some people are reporting. We'll see what happens. We got to work it out. If anyone has any white tuxedos uh, on the ground in Columbus, <laughs> call us up on Friday. I think there might we'll be one available in Louisville. Meet us at Raising Canes, and uh, we'll get we Kyle to, all might, backed up. We might have to pick it up in Louisville. On uh, yeah, yeah perfect. I think there might be one unused white tuxedo thrown in a dumpster behind an Italian restaurant oh. in Louisville, yes. Kentucky. Might yes. be used. It might though. fit. Might be used though. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> any good dry cleaners in Louisville? Uh, oh, speaking of speaking of Patino, we're going. Uh, uh, a lot of people are going nuts about this. Patino says he wants to come back to the NBA because that where else is he going to come in? Uh, he wants to come back to coaching in the NBA um, and he's hired an agent. And this is like two weeks after he said, I'm done with coaching forever. And I wrote this book as closure and now I'm going to write off in the sunset. Uh, don't, don't even offer your thoughts. We, Tate and I are going on Simmons pod. Um, we're going to do a quick, 15. It's going to be about 15 minutes, which is not quick to some. Um, um, yeah, we're, we're going to go, we're going to go on there and talk about there. So if you, if you want to hear our thoughts on Patino, go download the Bill Simmons podcast. That's, that's 
the Bill Simmons podcast. Spelled like it sounds. B I L L. Yeah, type yes. it into your search bar. Um, you should be able to find it. I think it's. I think we we load them pretty much everywhere, right? Wherever you can get podcasts, you can probably find that one. I don't mm-hmm. know. You you'll, you guys will find it. I'll tweet a link. How about that? Yeah, we'll put uh, it out there. So we'll talk about that there today. We're going to do quadrant three of our previews. Um, it's it's a long one. We're starting to getting getting into the territory of the teams that we care about. It's part three, quadrant two, quadrant two, to then Very get confusing. to quadrant one. Part four. Which is part four. <laughs> and we are just as confused as you are. That's again, the point. It's a bit. Is, this is all fun. It's, uh, uh, again, as to reiterate, these are not the teams that we think are the best in college basketball. These are the teams that we are the most interested for varying reasons. Some because they're good. Some because they're not good. And that's specifically why we're interested in them. Mm. Some have coaches on hot seat. Some have coaches who are just interesting characters. Some have one player who's really good and is going to carry them. A lot of reasons. But uh, these are our teams 50 through 26, I believe. Yes. Um. Anything else? That's it. Let's get to it. But first, Coach Patino. Sports. He takes the timeout. Technical They're foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Sports. 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 All right, it's time. We have fifty teams left. I don't know, Tate. Are these? Are we officially in range for you for the teams that you're excited about? Are, I feel like I've moved the uh, the the thing a handful of times, saying like I, the meter I'm, keeps the meter, going back yeah. and forth. Yes. Yeah, like when we started these previews and I, I laid everything out, I was like, I'm interested in only the top sixty teams, and then like mm. the second pod we did, I was like, I'm only interested in the top thirty, and now we're on pod three. And, and I think I've only been interested in the top ten. I'm, I'm your standard <laughs> college basketball fan, spoiler you know, standard alert, fair. Spoiler alert: I'm only interested in Duke, and um, I'm trying to make it work for all these other teams. Boston but. College is still my favorite team that we've discussed so far, but we do have a lot of teams to get to that I'm very excited about. Uh, Let's get into it. Yeah, the the first team that we have on today's docket is the Wildcats. Oh yeah, the Wildcats. <laughs> Everyone knows the Wildcats. Yeah, the Wildcats. Uh, the, the Wildcats. The beloved Wildcats. Yeah, Always pick the Wildcats yeah. if you're doing a tournament <laughs> bracket. That's what we lived by last year. We are talking, of course, about the Davidson Wildcats. Mm. Um, Bob McKillop's 30th year at Davidson. The Curry year. It sneaks up on you. Yeah, the Curry year. This is the cur- the Curry year. Curry, Curry. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is the only head coaching job that, that, that Bob McKillop's ever had. He was hired at Davidson 30 years ago as his first head coaching job in college. And then he was like, I'll just stick around here. That's pretty awesome. And they don't even do his laundry for free. You know, yeah. it's just a really nice area. Davidson, North Carolina, beautiful place, place where Steph Curry grew up. Del Curry lives. The whole Curry family uh, spends their, their off season, all their time there. And now they have Curry 2.0, which is Kellen Grady. Is it, so my, that's my question to you. You're well-versed on the North Carolina scene. Uh, you're well-versed, as we know, that Steph Curry retweeted you one time. So you are mm-hmm. obviously the Steph Curry whisperer. Mm-hmm. Um, is Kellen Grady good? Yes. <laughs> In a word, yes, he is. Uh, 18 points per game last year okay. as a freshman. But my uh, question is, like, if, if Kellen Grady <laughs> went to Wyoming instead of Davidson, would anybody be making Steph Curry comparisons to him? I'm not. Again, I don't say this in an accusatory way. I say I'm just deferring to your judgment as the, the Davidson Steph Curry whisperer. Kellen Grady's first name should be Kobe Grady because okay. he's trying to pull the Kobe situation with Michael where I just do what Steph did. Okay. Yeah. And therefore, I will be, you know, in that cloud, in that class. People will talk about me in that way. And he looks enough like him where people let it slide. It's like Shire and Reddick, you know what I mean? It's close <laughs> yeah, enough. It's close enough. It's close yeah. enough. That's all that matters. Uh, so, yeah, Kellen Grady averaged 18 points per game as a freshman, uh, the the most points per game scored by a Davidson freshman since Steph Curry. Um, speaking of since Steph Curry, I, I found this note, and I found this interesting because I would not have guessed this. Davidson has not won an NCAA tournament game since 2008. They're 0-4. Isn't that kind of surprising? 
Wow. It that doesn't feel right, does it? No, it doesn't at also, all. Also, people forget that like Steph came back in 09 and and they weren't as good. People do forget that part as well. You, well, you seem hurt. You're looking at me. You're like, why would you bring that up? Well, it's sort of, like, yeah. It kind of reminds you of like the you're junior like, year. It's like the junior year of Jordan. You know, you come back, you have all the expectations yeah. that are set on you. Everyone thinks you're going to be a national player. And then you're shut down by Dan Dockage. And then you realize that, yeah. you know, people are going to guard you. You're the number one option. And it's not and as then, fun as you thought it would be. And then Dockage puts the clamps on you. And that's how it works. You're so hurt right now. Like, you're, the soul just like got sucked out of your, your, your body when I said Steph Curry came back. <laughs> and you're like, don't tell you. You looked at me like if we had an agreement, you weren't supposed to tell the people about I it. miss Peyton. Aldridge. I do okay. want to say that. Peyton Aldridge is very, uh, as much as we get in the Kellen Grady talk, and obviously we bring back to the Steph Curry talk, Peyton Aldridge's of the world have been mm. left out. No one's bringing that up. Uh, he had a great career at Davidson. He did. He felt like the normal Davidson player. Mm-hmm. And now Kellen Grady the felt... Lu- the Luke May. The Luke May. should have been. Yeah, yeah, of course. Luke May should have gone to Davidson. Yeah, but, the, it, but yeah. Peyton Aldridge took his spot. And now Kellen Grady's going to be the talk of the town. Every time they talk about Grady, they're going to talk about Curry. So then mm. we're going to miss all the Peyton Aldridge talk. And I just wanted to bring him up. Just for just for the Aldridge family. Uh, Davidson should have actually have a good team. They're 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 good beyond just uh, Kellen Grady. But um, yeah, they they lost to Kentucky last year in the twelve five game. Mm-hmm. We uh, that was, yeah that's what that was a Wildcats pick. Circle, circling back to the the Wildcats joke. Yeah, that was the Tate, it always works. Tate, Tate loved that. Tate was just you were so excited last year. People were very Wildcats. upset that I was so excited. Uh, anything about else it. on Davidson? Uh, I just want to talk about the fact that they play Wichita State in Charleston, mm. November fifteenth, early okay. in the season. So that's the perfect game where. You win that game, people start talking about you, you get a little bit of buzz early mm-hmm. on in the season. They play at Wake Forest. Wichita State isn't great, by the way. So They're not great. That's a, but but people don't realize we're gonna talk about Wichita State later, but uh Wichita State not that great, but they are they have the name brand, so good opportunity for Davidson. You beat Wichita State. Shock the world. Yeah, the Shocked rest of the, the world is like, oh man, they beat Wichita State. That's a big win. And really it's like, I don't know. Yeah, and you yeah. go from there. So they get Wake at Wake Forest uh December seventeenth, and then they have at North Carolina December twenty ninth. So are you they nervous. Have, yeah, you're so nervous. they have a bunch of good games where people are gonna watch them play. Uh-huh. People will talk about them. It's not gonna be just about the conference, them having to win the conference. And again, it's McKillop's Curry season. So I, I feel like there's a little bit of magic in the air. Like you said, Curry's sophomore season was his best season. Grady yep. can kind of do the same thing. Okay. I expect good things from the Wildcats. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Number 49. Oh, boy. A team I'm very excited for. You, you're, you, again, I want to reiterate, these teams are not ranked in the order of how good they are. We, it's, these are not the teams that we think are the, the best in college basketball. They are the teams that we are the most interested in for various reasons. And when it comes to number 49, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, there's one very obvious reason why we are excited to watch Minnesota's season unfold, and that is... Little Richard. Little Dicky. Patino. Little Dick Patino is <laughs> on the sideline for Minnesota. You're six for for Dickie P. You're six, dude. That, that I don't know. Maybe maybe I I just have no idea how time works. But um, that seems it feels like you're two or three for him. But he's been there six years. And we've yeah. we've talked about this Minnesota team and just the hype that surrounds him every single preseason. Top fifteen for like the entire first month of last season. Then went two and fourteen in their final sixteen games. <laughs> <laughs> 15 and 17 last year. 15 and 17. And no one even, we thought going in the offseason, he would be a guy that, you know, people would be like, what, what's going to happen with Patino? Is Minnesota going to think about, you know, reshuffling the deck yeah. a little bit? But then Murphy's coming back. You got Black coming back. And everyone's kind of just back on and excited about this team. And obviously, we had a lot of off the court stuff that happened that, you know, kind of. I mean, it, it was right. hard to even talk about last year yeah, yeah. With, with with that situation. And it was also hard to talk about the on-court stuff with Minnesota <laughs> because that was also bad. It was, was, they were very bad. It was just all-around <laughs> terrible, and I don't know it was how— not a good season. How did he skate by everything? 
I, dead. I'm not really sure. Yeah. He's dead. Because anytime you'd Google like disaster patino. deniability. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you would like Google, you're like, man, it feels like Minnesota, the basketball situation is a little fucked up up there. What's going on? And mm-hmm. you're like, I'm, I'm going to go to Google and see what's going on. You type in patino disaster, ongoing scandal, mm. problems, and then... Minnesota never pops up. It was just 30 pages of Louisville. And just, no one, so no one's like, oh, so Minnesota must not be that spots. bad. Yeah, spots. Come on, spots. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Minnesota was top 15 for the first month of the entire season. They played Miami in that game that Miami, you remember that earlier, the mm-hmm. Big Ten ACC Challenge. It was like one of the best Big Ten ACC games at the time. Um, Miami beats them in Minnesota. It felt like a massive win for Miami. And then by the end of the year, both programs were terrible. Or not, Miami wasn't terrible, but they were not as good as But they were both hyped Miami, up. Minnesota yes. was legit terrible. Yes. Um, Minnesota, yeah, 2-14, and 14, their final 16 games. So, and and and, and uh, Patino's five years in Minnesota. He is 31-59 and 59 in the Big Ten, Tate. Wait, that's what? Not, that's not good. 31-59. and 59. So bring back Tubby. They do have they do have Jordan Murphy back, who is who is legit a very very good player. Might like could could win Big Ten Player of the Year. He's not going to because Minnesota's not going to be good enough. But he's talented enough. Um, although the the one concern I have about him is that he always strikes me as like just a robot. Like he's he, he's the kind of guy that just he's. This is going to sound like a criticism. It's not, but he just he he scores and gets rebounds, and that's all he does, and that's all he knows how to do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, those are good things. But I feel like you could pause the game at any point and ask him what the score is. He's like, I have no idea, but I'm about to get these boards and and put them back in. You mentioned robots. That whole offense was robotic. It yeah. felt like in the Big Ten, they decided, and obviously Little Dicky probably decided this, was we're just going to feed the ball to Jordan Murphy every single yeah. time, and we're going to see what happens. Yeah. And that's not really a great offense. The thing that I'm excited about their team is Coffee's coming back, Amir Coffee. Yep. And I was reading up, this is how much free time I have, I was reading up about their secret scrimmage that they had. <laughs> yeah. um, and apparently, and this is great stuff, Little Dicky has been calling him a point forward. And he's been putting him in a LeBron role. Okay. So they, Coffee's 6'8". Okay, yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah he's, he's a big kid. So they're basically, and he's a facilitator, good passer, can score right. and all that stuff. So they're putting him at point guard, mm, and they're letting yeah. him run the he's offense. He's LeBron. He's LeBron. And he's then just Jor- LeBron. And Jordan Murphy's Shaq, and you just put him, you got LeBron and Shaq. What could go wrong? And sounds like they're going to win the big game. Sounds like they're going to be a pretty good team. Uh, yeah, so Minnesota, we are interested because uh, year six for Richard Pitino, I think at this point he's out of excuses in the sense of like six years, no matter what, even if even if you have injuries, even if you have off court problems that are out of your control, maybe they are in your control. It, six years is plenty of time. He had the one good season a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. They made the tournament. They mm-hmm. had the first you know good, really good Minnesota team in a long time. Um, but but yeah, I feel like I feel like patience is running out in Minneapolis with the fan base. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when uh, when you when you put a Patino's back against the wall. Um, They're gonna run. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna run away. Uh, yeah. Coffee Black. That's what I'm calling Amir Coffee all year. Okay. Coffee Black. Cool. That's his yeah. name. I'm giving him a that'll, nickname. Okay. That's the only way I can care about Minnesota. I'm yeah, trying. And, I'm and trying Minnesota. That'll last like a week, and then you'll never watch Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the Final Four is in Minnesota. Maybe. Yeah, that, it is. Oh, that, oh, there, oh get that some, going. Yeah, there's some good things. We should, like little home. We, we should talk about that throughout the entire season of just like. <laughs> It, like like they did with the Vikings, like yeah, are, are the, the, yeah, the, like you know they just want to play at home. They and just want to play at home. That's what they're motivated for is to play the Final Four at home. And and Minnesota's like six and twelve in the Big Ten. And you're like, all right, Big Ten tournament coming around. If they win this and they go on a little run here, you know what it is. You know what it is. Getting the dance. They're getting back home. Uh, moving on, number forty eight, uh, a team that was spurned by Zion Williamson. Mm. Um, the North, no, not them. <laughs> <laughs> the other team that was spurned by Zion Williamson, his his home state team, 
the team we all wanted him. I personally wanted him to go to. You actually did too. Oh yeah. I yeah, think yeah. I think for the most you, part, every single person wanted him to go and stay in state in South Carolina. Yeah. Whether it be going to Frank Martin and play in South Carolina, but that just kind of would probably not have fit. That wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. That, that would have been a stylistic clash. <laughs> that would have been tough. Uh, but Clemson, yeah, that was a team that that worked because if you listen to our previews last year, we talked about Brad Brownell, a guy that recruited you to UNCW, the Hollywood of the East. Never forget, I was a Division One athlete. Got recruited to play schools. Okay, go ahead. People, people remember this. Uh, but Clemson, they had failed to make the NCAA tournament six straight years going into last year. Mm-hmm. Brad Brunell actually told people on his staff going into last year that he was on the hot seat and he didn't know. I if love he, that. Yeah, I, I love that he basically put the onus on his staff and his players and was like, it's up to you guys. If you That's want me the, to stay here, we'll right. see what happens. That was the kind of attitude that when he was recruiting me, uh, even though I was not interested in going to school whatsoever, I uh, drug out the recruiting process for a while because I respected the shit out of moves like that. Yeah. Just be honest. <laughs> Just be honest, Brad. That's what he did. And guess what? I'm on the hot seat. Yeah. They made the Sweet 16. Yeah. And gave Kansas a good game. They, uh, yeah. They, it's always funny looking back on like these NCAA tournament things. Um, and, Again, we're gonna we're gonna we can play the what if game here in a second with other teams. Like 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 if if Houston hits if if, if Swaggy Pool doesn't hit the shot with Michigan, maybe Houston goes on a deep run that sort of thing. Like Clemson had a great year last year. They lose to Kansas in a close game, and I understand that's how the NCAA tournament works. You could do this with with pretty much any program. You could go back in time and be like, we could have won three national titles if the ball bounced a certain way. But um, Kentucky and, fans are very upset right yeah. now. They're pointing at Luke May and Christian Later. Right, like, those, guys, those guys. Yeah, they we could have. Yeah. Um, but but I say that just to say basically that Clemson had a had a very very good year. Uh, they did. Get, it's not like they went to the Sweet Sixteen and got destroyed and and bowed out gracefully. Like they they gave Kansas a pretty good game for Sweet Sixteen since nineteen ninety seven last season. Um, but more importantly, Tate, I had this for you. Here's here's mm-hmm. my here's my big note on Clemson. I was I was on the Wikipedia machine as as I do when it's time to to research things for this program, and um, I came across this. These are the these are the 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 full names of former head coaches at Clemson, mm. the, just the basketball program, mm. not the football. This is these are all guys who have been head coaches at Clemson, and I I shit you not, I'm not making up a single one of these names. Country Morris, Jigs Donahue, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're just getting started. Country Morris, <laughs> even Jig- Dabo Sweeney's blushing <laughs> at these <Exactly>. names. <laughs> Jigs Donahue, Bud Saunders. Rock Norman, <laughs> Banks McFadden, Press Maravich, Pete, Pete Maravich's dad, as of we course. know, and uh, Tate's Locke, who hired uh, Bob Knight at Army, gave uh, gave Bob Knight his first job at Army. Those are all those are all full names of coaches at Clemson. And then Dabo Sweeney's like the the most famous coach at Clemson right now. So I don't know what it is. It comes That's back a, to it was a time when you could just go by a nickname, yeah. you know, and everyone was kind of cool with it, and and it kind of stuck like Rock. You know, like, like Tugs Bowen. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I forgot Tugs. Yeah, Tugs is keeping it alive. That's Country right. Morris, Jigs, Donahue, Bud Saunders, Rock Norman, Banks, McFadden, Press Maravich, and Tate's Lock. That's a that's a hell of a lineup. And I, it, I you, challenge anybody <laughs> to find a better lineup of coaches than that. That's and a, it used to be your name would define who you were as a person. Yeah. And I liked it back there. You know, back in those days, it definitely did. You know, yeah. Press Maravich loves to press. The, there you lo- go. Yeah, <laughs> just loves to press. <laughs> loves to have like a five hundred record and let his son score forty seven points a game. Uh, <laughs> And break all the and, records. And break all the records. Genius. He's like, yeah, people talking about Press Maravich are like, dude, your record sucked. He's like, my record, my, we have all the records. Look at these records. Like, <laughs> he said, my record is this. Look <laughs> at him. <laughs> Look at my son. That's the record. <laughs> uh, anything else on Clipson? Uh, I just want to say Brad Brownell. He, he came back, said he had to, you know, make it happen. And then he gets a contract extension. And then Mitchell comes back. Reed comes back. They're ranked number 22, first time since 09. They're in the mm. preseason ranking. And, He's got some going. Yeah, and Roy Williams said at ACC Media Days, uh, they're the best defensive team in the ACC, mm-hmm. which I think is 
I always try to find a style for a team, like a, something that they can kind of like hang their hat on. And Clemson's uh-huh. always been a great defensive yeah. team. And I don't know. We talk about Proud it. Of Brad. I, 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 yeah, we, we make this point all the time that, that more than anything, I, I want a culture out of a program. But, you know, I want, I want. Are you Lombardi? Yeah. Am I, am I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what's happening right now? I want a culture. I want an identity. Um, and, and the program, the, the, the pro the programs in college basketball, the, the coaches that I don't believe in are the coaches that have been around for a while and mm. you have no idea what they stand for. They're just kind of throwing shit against the wall, hoping something sticks. And, um, yeah, Clemson has an identity at this point. So. The Stansberry. Yeah. There you go. Um, moving on. Number 47, a team I actually just mentioned with the, uh, with the Michigan situation, uh, Houston, uh, the Houston crew, best season since 1984, best season since the five slam Jamma. Last year, uh, Rob Gray with the man bun, with his brother having the man bun, um, had a great year, came to a, a tragic end when Swaggy Pool hit the uh, the buzzer beater, the improbable buzzer beater in the NCAA tournament. A shot that he said and, he already envisioned in his yeah. mind. He knew that it was going to go and, in. And I guess that's, if you, you take solace in that if you're a Houston fan, is that you you understand that this was this was preordained. <laughs> Swaggy Pool, from the moment Swaggy Pool was born, he was destined to make that shot. So there was nothing you could have done differently. It was always going to happen that way. Uh, but yeah, Houston, um, um, you know, I, I made the point, I'll make it again, that that Houston had a, a team, as we saw with Michigan, like... Samson! They could have won the... They could have gone to the Final Four. I don't think it's unrealistic to say that. They were good enough last year. And, and I mean, they did lose their best player coming into this year, but... Kelvin Sampson is uh, has something cooking, Tate. I have I a Kelvin. How he's doing it. I have. A, I wonder how he's doing it too. He uh, he's a guy that works really hard, and you know how it is with Sampson. Here's a quote for him that I love: "The goal here is not to make the tournament," says Kelvin Sampson. "The goal here is to win the tournament." Wait, what? <laughs> and now we move forward. That was from his media day. I love it. And I think most people were trying to give him a little layup, and they were going to say, "Hey, Kelvin, things are going great for you guys. Like you got the they just got uh-huh. a twenty five million dollar practice practice facility just built for them. I think they renovated their arena as well. Yes, it's the yeah. owners of the Rocket. What, however, you say their names: Fertitti, Fertitta. Oh, nice. Fertata, nice. Something like that. Cool. Uh, Tillman. They made this whole thing happen for Houston, so they got a lot of money down there. We talked mm-hmm. about Texas money. We joke about TCU, SMU. Houston's the team that was a sleeping giant that we kept mm-hmm. our eye on, and Kelvin's making it happen now. Three straight 21 seasons for Samson. Mm-hmm. And again, the Jordan Poole shot. And there's no telling how long that run could have been. And then they got one of my favorite recruits in North Carolina. That's a freshman this year. Give us his name. Nate Hinton from Gastonia, North Carolina. You know who okay. else is from Gastonia? Who's that? Uh, James Worthy. Uh, uh, Hassan okay. Whiteside. Just, oh, just so a lot James of— Worthy. So a they're bringing in James Worthy. A lot of talent. Okay. He's a guard, but basically James Worthy. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, but I, I just love uh, that Samson basically—Rob Gray, everyone thought that was going to be the man bun, the time, the good times for Houston. He basically said, forget all that. We got better players coming in, and right. we're trying to win a title. They, they bring back—they they lost Rob Gray. They lost Devin Davis. They bring back three starters. They're still going to have a pretty good team. Uh, so was Samson—was he talking about the NCAA tournament, or is he talking about the American tournament? When he I, says we want to win the tournament, he was talking about hopefully the NIT, but, <laughs> NIT? but, I, but I believe he was CBI? talking, yeah, the, the NCAA. NCAA. Yes. I, I love it. We 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 love brash coaches, but uh, again, this feels like a quote that um, when when Houston, I don't know, seven years from now, when when Houston's been to to one more Sweet Sixteen in the next seven years, and people are like, Kelvin Sampson should be fired, and Kelvin Sampson goes, "What? That's bullshit. I've we're winning twenty games every year. That feels like a quote you're going to point to." Like also, Samson. it feels like a thing where Patino and some of these other guys that are getting ousted right now, they keep pointing at Samson. They're like, what about Samson? Yeah. What about Although, Samson, though? I will say, as as a as a, a man who, uh, you know, I've, I grew up an Indiana fan. I, I keep a close eye you on You think he got program. a raw deal? I don't necessarily think he got a raw deal because he did fuck up. And he knew he was cheating. And he knew he was cheating. And it's he had to get fired. And especially at a place like Indiana when it was still— 
2008 was still a time when like Indiana fans were undecided on how they felt about Bob Knight. He wasn't a complete piece of shit yet. Mm. It was still like, well, we it's, it's a complicated thing, whatever. Like at this point, I think most Indiana fans are like, all right, screw that guy. Um, but at the time, people still had some uh, uh, a soft spot in their heart for Knight, who above all else stood for following the rules and all that kind of stuff. And and that was like the culture of Indiana basketball was like, we might not win a lot of games. Kentucky might be beating our ass on the recruiting trail and they might be beating our ass on the court and all that kind of stuff. But Kentucky cheats. And we know they cheat, and we don't cheat, and that's more important to us. We have integrity. We have integrity, Tate. Integrity. And, um, so Samson, he knew he was cheating. He cheated. He deserved to get fired. But now, looking back, what he actually got fired for is actually legal now, which is kind of funny. Which is so, kind of yeah. funny, yeah. So it's not as bad as it sounds. And then also at the time, Bob Knight was on ESPN calling out John Calipari and mm-hmm. all the other people for cheating. Right. So then when it came out that Indiana was, was cheating, cheating, it just kind of you know it was, was a bad, perfect it was a slap bad, you back in the face. But it's it's one of those things. Like I want to, I want to go back and and. Uh, take another look at like all these scandals quote unquote from like 2000 to 2010 ish basically like pre-Sandusky I've made this point before mm-hmm. that like all these things in the early 2000s like Reggie Bush and Kelvin said they felt at the time like this was the most and, and the tattoo gated Ohio State like all these things felt like the most monumental oh my god this is the biggest scandal college sports has ever seen and then Suddenly, real oh, you life, mean kind of like the headlines yeah. that say college basketball will change yeah, forever yeah, after the FBI investigates them? And then suddenly, and, like, yeah. real-life things started happening in college sports, and people were like, oh, Kelvin Sampson made some phone calls? I guess it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Just a phone call. Um, anyway, Houston has it cooking. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I think the Cougars will be good. I, I believe in the Cougars. I believe in Sampson. I think they actually might be better this year, just just based on how he talked about the team. You know who I believe in? I believe in Dan D'Antoni. Yes. I believe in John Elmore. I believe in the Marshall Thundering Herd. Um, John Elmore last year, we, we brought up Wichita State. Wichita State had a good team last year. Mm-hmm. They weren't as good as they should have been. They won the Maui Invitational. They lost the Maui Invitational. Yes. They lost. They won. No, they lost. They lost to Notre, Notre Dame, Dame in the championship. Yes. That's right. Notre Dame was but they number still, five in the nation. See, the reason it threw me off is because Wichita State still got the Maui bump for getting to the final. Mm-hmm. Um, Notre Dame just got the bump. Well, just because we watched yeah. them on national right. television. People yeah. were like, you know, Shaq's pretty good. Shamit's pretty good. They yeah. look like a team from last year. Uh, Marshall beats them in the first round of the tournament last year. John Elmore drops 27. Uh, the white and, James Harden. And John Elmore. He is back. He is back. And that's really all needs to be said. And and that's really the the crux of the Marshall. The the gist of Marshall basketball is John Elmore and Dan D'Antonio. Dan D'Antoni. I always do the D'Antonio thing. Dan D'Antoni is going to show up his brother yet again with his Mm -hmm. amazing coaching style. And I'll give you a quote as to why that is the case. He said, we play hillbilly ball Mm -hmm. here. Uh, It's something that he learned deep in the hills of West Virginia. And that's something that he, you know, <laughs> he teaches like, his team. And he was like, it's just, just different here. You know, obviously just, we know about the Jerry uh, West and West Virginia, all the connections of basketball. But for Dan D'Antoni <laughs> to get on a stand next to John Elmore and say, we play hillbilly ball. And for his best player to say, that's damn right. Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, we do. That's amazing. It's fantastic. You can't beat that. It's uh, And and by the way, Marshall loses to, to West Virginia in the second round. Wasn't really that great of a game, to be honest with you. But, no. um one thing it did do, one thing we did learn from this is that these two teams need, need to play each other again. They had the rivalry for a while. It stopped. D'Antoni gets the job at Marshall and starts talking shit because like, it was looking like the, the game was going to stop. And then he said something like, I forget what it was. I, I, forget, I forget what he said, but I remember him. I remember this Back happening. Back in the hills of West Virginia, no, he, this he, would never take place. He, this said, would never he, said, something like, he said something like they're scared. He said, like mm-hmm. if, if, if West Virginia doesn't want to play us, they're obviously scared. And then Huggins laughs and is like, who, I'm sorry, what, what team do you coach again? I, I've never heard of Marshall. Um, 
So that was going on. They played they played twice since D'Antoni took the job. They or twice in the regular season. They played in 2014 and 15 and then the series stopped and then they met in the tournament last year. Uh so I want to get I want to get that rivalry going again cuz not only is it hillbilly ball, but like those two coaches are perfect for each other. They the, the just the way they do not give a shit about anything is they're, they're perfect for their programs, they're perfect for each other. They need to coach in the same game. That's what we need. And they're also the antithesis of each other and how they look at basketball. Right. D'Antoni is basically what you'd expect from Mike D'Antoni, which is we're going to outscore you, we're going to have offense, and then you have right. Bob Huggins who's like, I don't care if you shoot the ball tonight. Yeah. You better D up and press them all night. You know what I mean? Bob Huggins runs practices without a basketball. You got to earn the ball. <laughs> you get the ball two and, weeks in. And D'Antoni's like, I'm pretty sure uh, all that matters at the end of the game is that you score more than the other team. So why give a shit about anything but scoring? And it's great. Um, speaking of D'Antoni and, and Mike and and how they run similar system, is has there ever been a, a brothers? I'm sure there has. Someone, Hopefully someone has an example. But isn't it weird how brothers who are coaches like always run the same shit? Yeah, Rob and Rex Ryan. Isn't it? Isn't that kind of? I mean, it's not really that. Like, it's obvious why because they probably had the same influence and they whatever. But you'd think at like some usually point, their dad. Yeah, usually their dad. But you think at some point one of them would like rebel and be like, "My brother sucks. Like, he's so stupid. I'm I'm the smart one. I'm going to do it my way and be better than him." But I, I do know, think brothers. that happens with the Hurley brothers, and we're going to get to the Hurley oh, yeah. brothers later. I think that they coach very differently, which That's I do true. like that. Yeah. And their dad is very different than them. I think the I think their dad is more similar to Bob than Dan. Mm. Um, but Dan's very more of a disciplinarian than than Bob is. Bob's more okay. loose. I don't okay. know. Brothers are weird. Brothers, brothers. are weird. <laughs> Having a brother, we both had brothers. We know that it, yeah. it's very close, but it's very different. My favorite thing about Marshall is that John Elmore came out and said that they're trying to go undefeated. I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> yes. He said, hopefully we win every game. But as boxers always say, you don't know how good of a fighter you are until you get hit in the mouth. That's great. Mike Tyson Hopefully said we that. limit how many times we get hit in the mouth, mm. if any. It's great. I mean, what do you, what do you want him to say? Heard. What do you want him to say, Tate? Like, oh, uh, we're we're trying to go twenty-two and ten this year. Like, is that what you want him to say? Let I me mean, see. no. Yeah. I want him to say exactly <laughs> what he said, and that's why he's the white James Harden. The confidence, the he's bravado. Great. We will have our eye on Marshall. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Marshall makes the tournament. These are basically like all these mid-major teams, like Davidson, Marshall. Uh, these these lower-level teams that we're talking about. Um, we bring them up basically as a way to say, please find a way to make the NCAA tournament. We need to see Kellen Grady. We need to see John Elmore in the NCAA tournament again this year. And it was the first time they made it since 1987, which I didn't realize. Yeah. I, I For whatever reason, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know that Bob Huggins didn't think this, but I thought Marshall had been to the tournament since, you know, sometime, maybe yeah. in the 90s or the mid-2000s or something. You're so. thinking of the football team. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Randy Chad Moss. Pennington, that's right. Yeah, I'm confused. Byron right. Leftwich. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a different yeah. sport. Yeah, My yeah bad. it's a different sport. Uh, moving on to another mid-major, small major, um, whatever you want to call call it tiny ass team with a good player and we really need to see them back in the NCAA tournament number 45 South Dakota State Mike Dom and Mike Dom who is the two-time reigning summit league player of the year he has 2,232 career points which is the exact same I, I fact checked this. this is the exact same as Chris Clemens and Campbell that's kind of bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, that's weird. They have the exact same career. Let's point. try to make them the two faces of college basketball yeah. this year. The like they're battling like, it out. They're battling it out for the race to 3,000 <laughs> yes. or something. And who's the Adam Morris and J.J. Redick <laughs> of this season is Chris Clemens versus Mike Dom. Um, Mike Dom, last year, we, we we talked about him even before the NCAA tournament when he uh, he, he he did pretty well against Ohio State in the NCAA tournament. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, people kind of knew him. They were tra- like he, he, he averaged 24 points and 10 boards a game. But the reason people were talking about him was because he beyond being a good player, he was graduated, and he was well within his rights to to transfer. 
a la Reed Travis, say, like he did to Kentucky. Mike Dom, um, people were expecting or, or, or curious, will he transfer to a, a bigger program for his final year of college basketball because he'd be eligible to play right away. Mike Dom said, no, I'm, I'm a loyal man. Mm-hmm. I'm a, uh, my, my parents raised me better than that. I, I stick it out. That's, that's, how I, that's how I roll, and he's back. Um, he also was like, is there an airport to get out of South Dakota? <laughs> how do I get out well, of here? Well, dude, the guy – so part of the story here is that, one, like I wanted him to transfer to Nebraska, I think, like because mm-hmm. he's from Nebraska. So in my mind, I'm thinking like if he goes somewhere, I don't want him to go to Duke or Kentucky or Carolina. Like, screw that. Like, no, no f- you want 10 miles. Yeah, yeah. Give him a little call. You want, like, like if Mike Dom's going to transfer, he's got to go Give him some back Delta home miles. and all that. Yeah. But then I found out Mike Dom's actually from Western Nebraska, which is he's like basically from Wyoming, like the Wyoming. He's he's clo- a lot closer to Cheyenne and Denver than he is to Lincoln. So like that would be the home would be him going to if he's going home, quote unquote, he would actually be going to like Wyoming, which so, we don't the want. Story, that. Yeah, yeah the so maybe like, he thought about yeah, it. Maybe, maybe he was, was like, putting the yeah. pieces together and he was like, this yeah. doesn't really add up. I'll <laughs> stay with the Jackrabbits and right. be good. The biggest story for me with Dom, and obviously, you know, for all the other Jackrabbits fans, you're like, why are you just talking about Mike Dom? Well, Mike Dom is the story of your team, and this is all about stories and narratives when we do our rankings. Uh, the biggest thing, he decided to become a vegan this summer. Have you no, seen no, this? Not like this. Yes. Yeah, Don't so, do this, Mike. So Mike Dom, um, th- this is the best story. This is the I've Porter heard. family. This is this is why the Porter family's falling apart. Yes, they're Don't breaking do down right in front of our very eyes. Mike Dom said, I'm gonna become a vegan. I'm 250 pounds. I want to get down to 220 because he went and did the whole draft thing. He said it was a hard shift away from eating cheese cheeseburgers and things like that. Uh first two weeks were pretty hard for him. So then they go to Canada. We remember this. We talked about this on the podcast this summer. They go to Canada and they play. Mike Dom was a complete disappointment. He got down to 220 he pounds. He was bad. And, and he got wrecked. He, he got wrecked. His teammates were worried about him. They're like, Mike, do you want a cheeseburger? Do you want some real food? He said, screw all this vegan stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I'm back. I'm getting fat again. Mm-hmm. So he get, he gets skinny. He loses 30 pounds. He decides, I'm not good when I'm skinny. I'm going to get back to being fat. Now he gets back to 240 pounds, and they say Mike Dom's dominating in practice. The dominator. And killing it. So he's doing the anti of what we usually see, which is, you know, he lost 15 pounds or he gained 15 pounds of muscle. Right. Mike Dom said, I'm just better fat. I'm going to stay fat. I'm going to play fat, and I'm going to be fat, and I'm going to live my life. And Jared, Jared Solinger said the exact same thing. Yes, Sean May said the same he was, thing. He was very wrong. Big <laughs> Baby Davis said the same thing. And it all, all worked out. Wrong. It all worked out, right? I think it worked <laughs> out. <laughs> um, to varying degrees. Yeah, that's a good, you bring up a good point. Mike Dom was was bad. Uh, and and we, we do like to make jokes. And, and He blamed it on being yeah. skinny. It was a great answer. And it might actually make sense. Like I think there's there's like legitimacy to this that because he he was he, he said was, it I believe him he was uncharacteristically bad in Canada and he uh, he said yeah. he couldn't box out he right. said that he was getting pushed all around the place and it was basically because the NBA of course the NBA is like why don't you just uh, lose some weight and try yeah. to become Gordon Hayward what he's like uh, I'm Doug McDermott yeah, why, don't you, why don't you try to become that, that is that is how it works why don't why don't you know, low low block players are going away. Why, why do you ever want to post up, Mike Dom? Just run around and be a stretch four, be a three. Yeah, don't, don't do know. it, Mike. Don't do it, Mike. We, we need you fat. He's back. Two forty. Two forty is perfect. Two fifty is like I a love, little bit. You know, that's like in Zion territory. Two forty is perfect. The lesson here is that veganism. And 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 are we sure basketball. it's good? Are we sure it's good? <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. Based on the porters, God and Mike bless, Dom, God, signs are pointing to nay. God bless the Midwest. God bless 
the, the folks cheesy from the potatoes. that are just like, yeah, give me some <laughs> cheesy potatoes. Oh, my God. Um, anything else on South Dakota State? There's no. really nothing else. It's South Dakota State fans know that. You, you, you apologize. You don't need to apologize. Like, that's that's what the team is. We're the watching. team is Mike Dom. We're like, watching. That's fine. Yeah. We're, we're, we're rooting for him. He stayed. He's uh, he's going to he's gonna do big things this Can year. Can we just say Otzelberger one time? Because I feel like he deserves <laughs> Otzelberger. TJ. Mike, Mike Dom was eating a lot of Otzelbergers, and that's how I got fat again. That's right. There you go. Boom. It comes full circle. Uh, number 44, moving on. Iowa State, a team that had its worst season in 15 years. They went on a run, like the post-Pfizer, Jamal Tinsley, um, what have you. Hoiberg comes in. They, they go on this run for, I don't know, seven. Niang and all these guys. Seven, the eight years, yeah, whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. The best run in Iowa State basketball history. 2017 is the year, right, that we yeah. all think about. Hilton Magic is is popping. Um, everything is great. Twenty seventeen, they they end up giving Deont- Deontay Burton gives Caleb Swanigan the business mm. in the the sweet was the sweet sixteen second round it was second, the second round, round. Um, and they end up losing to Purdue. But uh, yeah, anyway, Iowa State goes on this great run. They lose basically all the guys from that team. And last year they have their worst season in about fifteen years. Um, but this year they have Lyndall Wigginton back, who might be one of the what three top. Top seven, top nine, top of <laughs> yeah, I think he's like top, top of, thirteen he's players a, in the uh, Big Ten. Uh, no, he's probably one of the, the he's he's the top five point guard right in college basketball. I'm, I'm comfortable saying that. Certainly, so. certainly pro wise, like pro prospect. Yeah, he's one of the best point guards. And uh, Prom and, said that. Yeah. I mean, basically, this team last year, he, he said we're going to win. I've got no doubt about that. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and keep analyzing last season to be honest with you, which mm-hmm. I like because they kept asking him about being on the hot seat and what happened so last past, year. Rafiki said yeah. that he 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 bops Simba on the head with the stick. Yeah, and Simba goes. I think he tried to do the men in black yeah. thing. He just kept trying to. Sh- they're like that Remember, doesn't work. Rafiki Steve. hits the stick with Simba. And yeah. Simba's like, what the fuck, dude? Why would you do that? And he goes, doesn't matter. It's in the past. There you go. There you go. That's what Steve Prom said to all the media there. And they were like, well, can you answer the question? Uh, Shayok, a guy that mm-hmm. we jokingly thought was going to be on the team last year because I thought he was, he'd was he been at Virginia yeah, for so hell, long. Dude? I, like, <laughs> I thought he's a graduate transfer. He's not. He's not. He had to sit out last year. So now they have Mario Shayok, who you remember for Virginia, probably like their third best scorer when he was at Virginia. Yeah, he I mean, was, he's the guy that can get buckets. He's one of those guys that like Iowa State fans should be excited to have him, but Virginia fans also should be totally fine with losing him. They're, Virginia fans were like, yeah. oh man, Shayok transferred. Oh, oh so, no, so, no, no, no don't leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't leave, please don't leave, no. Um, but that's not to say he's a bad player. It was just like, it, he was... He kind of wore out his welcome. And he also Virginia kind of took a lot so of shots. You yeah. can see Tony Bennett exactly. was kind of like, all right, Shayak, like, stop He's shooting. a little frustrating for Virginia's system, but I think he's going to actually do well for Iowa State, so they should be excited about that. Um, they returned three guys who scored 10-plus 10, 10 points per game last year. Um, yeah. Was that Cameron Lard? Is that one of the guys? Mm-hmm. Cameron Lard? Nice. Mm-hmm. See? Great name. Not so, a great last name, but a, a good basketball player. So Hilton Magic. We're, we're ready to bring Hilton Magic back. They're not going to win the Big 12. Kansas is going to win the Big 12, as they do. Uh, but Iowa State, this is this is a big year. They're, they're, they're turning the corner. They they kind of they had that run with the Hoiberg. Like that was basically they flushed out all the Hoiberg era. This is the start of a new thing, and now we go. So it's his first year for prom. Yeah, first year, first for, year prom. for prom. There we go. Uh, and prom, this is something that I don't know. Iowa State people would probably get this in Ames, but he said that the players last year didn't all buy in as a team mm-hmm. necessarily. They didn't like hanging out with each other, and this year they're all hanging out. He said the players go eat at Jethro's. Ooh, like I don't know what Jethro's is, so Ames, Iowa. You can Jethro's. probably like Jethro Bodine. I'm guessing, or I don't know. Oh my god, let's let's take a good Jethro's. Sounds like a buffet. It sounds, it sounds like, like a, a bu- Ponderosa. Like 
like a Golden Corral. Like, Sounds like an old like fifties yeah, diner or like something a truck like that. Stop buffet is what I'm guessing. Yeah, like a maybe a Waffle House, Huddle yeah. House, something like that. <laughs> so they all go to Jethro's and then they go to the movies together and then they come to Prom's house after the movies to like decompress about the movies. Oh my god. They're like all dating each other. I don't know, but I I've, I want to be. I just want to see what that's like. So I, I thought that was good news. So that's again, good. Yeah. Iowa State. Something I'm, to keep an eye on. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like they're a good team. I just and want, they're like I want, out with each other. I want Hilton Magic back. That's what I really want. I want to turn on a game. I want to watch. You know, I want to, I want Kansas to go into Iowa State and know that it's going to be a hell of a game, and Kansas is going to end up winning at the end. Yeah, <laughs> eighty-five to eighty-three in overtime, and then Iowa State fans. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Iowa State. I want the place to be rocking and Iowa State fans to genuinely believe that they're about to win the game and then have their hearts ripped out. And then LeGerald banks in <laughs> a three for the win. <laughs> as is tradition. Um, moving on to another team in the Midwest. We're just, we're just checking off all these Midwestern teams. A team that has massive expectations. This has to be the year for them, Tate. Uh, we've, we've, been, we've been watching this building process happen for a while. We've been watching the, the fantastic facilities in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, but this has to be the year. It's Tim Miles' seventh season. They The Big Ten is going to be terrible. Uh, I, I made the point on a, a couple of preview pods ago that that of the teams in the Big Ten that are that could theoretically win the conference this year, only Indiana and Wisconsin have gotten better since last year. I forgot to mention Nebraska. Nebraska has definitely gotten better. They basically brought their whole team back. Um, Palmer Jr. Palmer Jr. is the best player. Mike is, is definitely good enough to win Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, so... They bring everyone back, and and the point is the Big Ten is, is is awful this year. It's very, very bad, and Big Ten people are going to do their best to kind of like massage that and be like, yeah, well, you know, we might have some – we have Carson Edwards. We have Romeo Langford. You ever heard of him? Like, we might be okay. We might be – Michigan State's good. Michigan's – you know, it's not going to be a good conference. Um, <laughs> But that's great for Nebraska. They 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 have a good team. They went 13-5 and five in the conference last year and missed the, the NCAA tournament, Tate. Which is a really big snub, yeah. right? I mean, a lot of people thought they would get well, in. Well, because the Big Ten was terrible last year. Too, I do remember yeah. Dickie V being very upset about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Miles, uh, this is the first time the Cornhuskers have been ranked nationally since 2014 or 25 everywhere uh, as far as we could see. I thought Tim Miles was great. He said that he wants the NCAA to act and to get the cheaters out of the game, mm. which is great. Because the FBI is who's trying to get the cheaters out of the game. So he gave the right answer. You know, it wasn't like, I want the FBI to sentence these people and get them in jail right. and clean up the game. He was like, I'm waiting for the NCAA to do that. So, you know, he put it off for two more years, sort of like his, you know, coaching career at Nebraska. Just, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's two just more wait years. Next year. Wait for next year. It's coming. Like, if you. I thought it was a good play. In the meantime, you want to check out our practice facility? It's very nice. We have very nice facilities here in Nebraska. You should come check. Uh, Nebraska went 10-2 and two to close the season last year. Mm-hmm. They were hot. They were a very hot team. And then they went to the NIT and were like, eh, this is, this is stupid. We don't care about this. Um, but they, they closed the regular season 10-2. and two. Um, There's just a lot of, like, this is legitimately, I feel like there has been, I f- people have been talking about Nebraska as, as a, a, not necessarily a sleeping giant, but just as, like, this budding program um, for a little while now. They had the one year a couple years ago with Petaway was back. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Petaway had some personal problems mm-hmm. with, I think, his I remember, mom. Yeah, Jonathan Abrams, I think, remember? Yeah. He wrote, like, a big piece Yeah, on and, that. like, Petaway was just, like, not yeah. himself at all. And it obviously affected the way he played. And that was kind of a dud of a year for Nebraska, but, you know, understandably so. Um, so it's always, you've always just been kind of teased. Like, th- is Nebraska actually going to win an NCAA tournament game? Is this the oh, and seven all time. Yeah. I think that was the biggest question I had. I put it down. I was like, will Nebraska ever win an NCAA tournament game? So I'm saying this has to be the year. This is why we're interested in Nebraska, because uh, if this doesn't happen this year, I, I, I mean. If this doesn't happen this year, out. is Ty Lue going to be the new coach of Nebraska Ooh. next year? Ooh, Interesting. 
Tim Miles probably did, not. He did just get a contract extension to twenty twenty one, but we know how that works in college basketball. Buy contract him out, extension. baby. Yeah, that just means he got a higher buyout if it happens. But no, I I I love Tim Miles. Tim Miles is Tim generally, Miles is a really good coach. We do. He, he's a good coach. Very good guy. Very good, very guy. good guy. Um, so yeah, we're, so we're is Ty Lue, though. Yeah. I, I did like that when Ty Lue got fired, everyone was bringing up because they had no idea yeah. who coaches at Nebraska yeah, or anything exactly. about Nebraska. They're just like, Remember when Ty Lue went to Nebraska? Why can't he just coach in Nebraska? We're rooting for 10 miles, but this is a competitive business, it has to happen this year. Um, so we're hoping it happens, but the pressure is on a little bit for Nebraska, and they are that's why they are our number 43 team. Moving on to the greatest rivalry, the greatest rivalry in, in Texas. In college basketball. Oh, wow. In all of college basketball. Mm. Uh, so at number 42 is a two-way tie between SMU and TCU. And let me just say, we can talk about the individual teams. We Again, can, heart divided over here. We can talk about SMU. We can talk about they, they lost Shake Milton. We can talk about their injury problems they had last year. Foster and Milton go down. We yep. can talk about Jimmy Witt, the Arkansas transfer, who's probably their best player this year now. Like he, he played on the team last year, but he's probably going to be the best player. He and on McMurray, team. the yeah. two of those guys. Yeah. yeah. We could talk about them. We could talk about Desmond Bain and Jalen Fisher on TCU. We could break down these teams, Tate. But what we really care about is on December 5th at 10 p.m. Eastern in Moody Coliseum on ESPNU, the greatest rivalry that college basketball has ever known will start. <laughs> Officially. This officially. is the first year. This is the first, the first year that it officially year starts. The real rivalry. Yes. I'm so excited for this. Um, speaking of Jimmy Witt, by the way, I forgot to make, I, when, I was, when I was doing my SMU-TCU uh, report when I went down to Dallas, I forgot to tell the story that Jimmy Witt, if, if you never watched SMU play, if you never saw him play at Arkansas, ugliest jump shot, one of the ugliest jump shots I've ever seen that actually goes in every so often, mm-hmm. but very, very ugly jump shot. And at practice... Good for Sean Marion. Yeah. There you go. Uh, at practice... They were doing the drills where uh, uh, it was five on five on zero, like fast break, and, and yeah. just kind of throw some shots or whatever. Every time Jimmy Witt would would go to shoot at the three, every time he didn't up with the ball, and it was like he had to shoot it or whatever. The coaches, bef- as soon as he would start to go up to shoot, they would just yell, "Glass, glass, glass, glass!" glass. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny because even Jankovic is like, "That's a Jankovic yeah. jumper." <laughs> it was so funny. I just I don't know. I forgot to mention that, but I, I love I love that that coaches. Yeah, it's never a good sign when when the entire gym is like grab the board as the guys going to shoot. But I think it kind of worked in their yeah. favor last year because SMU they lost Milton and they lost uh, Foster pretty early. They, they had they beat Arizona when they were number two. Uh-huh. We should give them some credit. SMU beats Arizona they when they're number two. People were all excited. Then they beat USC when USC was number fourteen. Everyone's like SMU is really climbing up. People are talking about Shake Milton being a you know top ten pick at this point. Everyone's mm-hmm. going crazy. He ends up getting hurt. They go six and twelve in conference, and then they kind of just fade off. But it was great for them because Witt and McMurray both had to play right. because they lost those two guys. So now they're ready. So now they're ready. They basically they, don't have to, they had like a nice little run at the end of the year. They don't year have to like step play. up into a bigger role. Like no, they're, they're ready. Already. They already did it. Um, yeah. But TCU is going to be pretty good, and yes. that's uh, that's it's going to be interesting, Tate. I'm very excited for this. Uh, I, I I don't know. This is this is going to be my life's work. I <laughs> I'm going to see to it before I end up in the grave that uh, SMU and TCU is legitimate basketball rivalry, and I, I I can't wait for December 5th. We will be in attendance. I am I am going to drag you there, kicking and screaming if that's what it takes. But 
but you're planning on going, right? We are me. going, yes. Yeah. We okay. are going to be there. We're going to go to, and we're, we're still working out the details, but the hope is that we could go to a little, like a little cross-country back trip where we see like. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tease we'll, we'll don't don't get too yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to do a live podcast at SMU's, on SMU's campus. I, I mentioned this to you, but uh, I want to set up like, because SMU has so much money and everything's nice as shit on that campus and like Moody Coliseum looks awesome. They've renovated all this stuff. It'd be funny to to try to talk to the people in the SMU basketball program that we know and set up a live pod outside the arena and with just the shittiest setup of it just looks like it just stands out like an eyesore to just have like a just basically a folding table and some some chairs and just sit there with wires going everywhere and just a shitty live podcast setup. For the and then we should we put should like a screen in Fort Worth that's like a live stream yeah. of us at the actual <laughs> yeah. Moody Coliseum so people can watch it. No one will be watching we should do a live, it. We should do a live it's pod. It's a Magnavox TV. We should do a live pod at TCU's arena on the day <laughs> yeah. of the game going on at Moody Coliseum. Just project oh, it on the Moody. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Oh shit, we uh, we picked the, we went to the wrong arena. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's that's why SMU and TCU. Honestly, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with both these teams moving forward. SMU obviously has has the last five years-ish had the better basketball program. SMU is a basketball school at this point now that the football program has been Thanks, Larry Brown. nuked to high hell. Um, TCU has been the football program, obviously. Their football team sucks this year. This yep. is good for the basketball yep. team. Uh, so we're interested in the entire season, but the real reason they're on the list is December 5th. Mark your calendars, folks. December 5th, 10 Eastern, ESPNU. Don't miss it. Watch Tate and I. We are the trophy, if you mm. remember right. Mm. We are. Or we we should, need a shirt. We need are we, are we a rushing shirt. the court? Yeah, probably. But no matter what happens, let's just run on the court. I plan and, to have confetti in my pocket, one with purple and a little bit of red, right? They're red <laughs> yeah, now, a little, little bit, bit of red, and then on the yeah, other side, like, blue and the, red. Yeah, you know what I mean? And go. then if you know it's a tie, I'll just throw it all up. There we go. Uh, so that's SMU, TCU. Um, moving on, number 40, um, a team that I know you're very excited to talk about. Also in Texas. Also a Texas team. Uh, uh, a team coached by a man who has made one Sweet 16 in his career. And people forget that. We're talking about the Texas Longhorns. One. One Sweet 16 for Shaka Smart. That is a... Uh, I don't know. I, if, I, if Shaka Smart's name mm-hmm. was Ron Jones, would mm-hmm. he be fired today? If, if Shaka yes. Smart... Yes. I would say, okay. If Shaka Smart... If if that Final Four run happened in 2016 instead mm-hmm. of 2011, because there was like... This sort of stuff happened right around. Like, like, like the the best thing for Shaka Smart was that his final four run happened at the the early stages of these mid major things. I know George Mason went in 06, and that was a big deal. But, but when you look back at it now, you're like Jim Laranega is an amazing head coach, and it, like now he's running this Miami program. It checks out, you know? What yeah, I mean? but I, just the you just you just look at the way people looked at Loyola last year, and Loyola was a great story. It's Sister J, but. But I don't think people were like necessarily stunned that Loyola, a, a tiny ass school like that, made it to the Final Four. Um, it was it made sense. Like you mm-hmm. actually looked at Loy- Loyola's team last year. They beat they beat Florida. They beat uh, uh, someone else. I forget. But they like in the regular season, like they had a they had a good team. And um, and they have history. They've yeah. done it before. Yeah. So like no one was like that. I mean, we were obviously surprised. No one saw Loyola coming, but it wasn't like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like it was with VCU back in the day, like it was with George Mason. So I say like th- that initial, he basically Shaka Smart being a pioneer and being one of the first guys in this new era of college basketball where 16 seeds blow the shit 
out of one seeds. Um, and if I were to self-diagnose the, the sign of the times, everyone was worried back then about what the new wave of co- like who was going to be the next wave of college basketball coaches because mm-hmm. people didn't think that Coach K was you know a demigod that could live until 115, and they thought Roy <laughs> Williams would be you know at a point where he would probably be done by 2017, 2018 times because he kept collapsing on the sideline. Yeah, and like those, everyone yeah. was trying to find like the next wave of mm-hmm. coaches. People still thought Jay Wright was a choke artist. You know, like Calipari himself was a choke artist. He, yes, Calipari could be the face of college basketball because people, you know, thought he was whatever at the time. And and so people wanted to find Brad Stevens and Shaka Smart and say, these are the guys. These are the young guys that are yeah. going to run college basketball time, in the future. That was the debate in college basketball. Who is the better coach, Brad Stevens or Shaka Smart? Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens. But to be <laughs> fair, they both, since they met in the 2011 tournament, they both have been in the same amount of Sweet 16 since. So People forget that. People forget that. <laughs> people do forget that. <laughs> Brad Stevens, I haven't seen him in the NCAA tournament in a while. Come on, Brad. So make maybe, it work. Maybe Shaka. Uh, what will speaking of Calipari? Uh, what will happen first? Uh, Cal wins another national title, or Shaka Smart makes another Sweet Sixteen? Because I think that those are those are my two favorite things to pull out for uh, for for people who like basically NBA fans for that that because people know Shaka. People know Shaka. People know Cal, and I, I swear that like NBA fans think Cal has won five national titles, and they think Shaka has like gone to like three Final Fours, and is you know had, his run at VCU was like the media machine, yeah. So, but they, Shaka's been to one Sweet 16, Cal has won. Shaka is 50 and 50. He has a 500 record at Texas yeah. currently, as it stands going into mm-hmm. the season. Uh, he has a contract through the 2022 2023 season. And when he was asked about the hot seat mm-hmm. at Big 12 Media uh, Days, I saw this. This is he bad. said, I don't sit down. Yeah. And he grinned. And I don't think that's the right answer, that's not Mark a good Titus. Answer. That's that not was not. A, that did not inspire making, hope. Making matters worse, the Texas AD, the new AD who came from TCU, uh, who hired Jamie Dixon at TCU, so he kind of has his, you know, he, he knows. What he, <laughs> so he's gonna hire. He's, gonna, he's going to he's gonna hire Jamie Dixon at <laughs> Texas. That's the point I'm trying to make here. Uh, he was asked about Shaka. He was asked about his his job status, and he said it's ridiculous to suggest that Shaka is on the hot seat. And you're you're saying you're you're listening right now, and you're thinking. That's great then, right? Because Shaka's obviously going to have his job. No, it's a kiss of death. Anytime an AD's coming out and saying, it's ridiculous. That's another way of saying in this business. I've thought about it, and it might happen. (laughs) (laughs) It's been on my mind, and I'm thinking about it. Yeah, Uh, They have some uh, interesting games early, too. We talk about the the chance to be in a hot seat. They play North Carolina November 22nd. We will be at that game. That will be in Mm -hmm. Las Vegas. Uh, And then if depending on what happens there, they will either play Michigan State or UCLA. So he's Mm going to get some early tests. If they get beat in both those games, people will have some questions. Uh, And then VCU, the game that I'm really interested in, VCU comes to Texas. They have that home-and-home thing going on with Shaka. They come to Austin December 5th. And BCU is going to be a fun team to watch. And if if Shaka loses to his former team in Texas, in Austin, where they're not selling out like they want right. to be with these tickets and all this stuff, that seems like after that run, we could get some real it's what's going dicey. on in Texas yeah. conversations. He still has five years left on his contract. Um, I, 2022, 2023. Yeah, he still has five years left on his contract. I don't think he's going to get fired this year. Uh Unless like some, I mean, I, you, you know, I, you never say never. You know, you don't know what's gonna happen. But assuming they go five hundred in the Big Twelve and make the NCAA tournament, he's not getting fired. I, I don't think is five hundred good enough. That's no, really it's the not. Question. It's not. But I think he's he's always got the next. Like Andrew Jones having I know leukemia, leukemia last, last year. year is is a legitimate thing, and like. He, he was their leading scorer when yeah. he when he had leukemia, and and I I was really and the frustrated. first year was in Northern Iowa, Jesperson shot. So right. he's had some bad like in the you look at the tournament, exactly. some bad things have happened. Just like just like the whole Tim Miles thing is like Shaka can always just be like 
just Here, wait till it, you know, the pieces are there. Just let, let me, just give me some just time. Let me I got it. Yeah. 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 Uh, that said, I was very frustrated with Mo Bamba last year. Like what Shaka did with Mo Bamba. I was, I was down on Mo Bamba all the way through the draft. I don't know. Is he, is he playing well this year? Yeah. Right? He's, he's, he's doing all right. He's getting magic. minutes every um, once in a while. Yeah. I was I was frustrated with like, like every time I'd watch Texas, I was like, this Obama kid's not that good. And then suddenly we watched him in summer league. I was like, holy shit, he's pretty good. And I don't know if that speaks well to what Shaka's doing. But it's more of Shaka's running Shaka's system and he's getting these five star guys, and that's not exactly. really his brand. Which his comes brand. back to you gotta have a culture, you gotta yeah. have a plan, you gotta have a brand. And Shaka's playing on both sides. We you know, we've talked about the the stuff with the FBI, but when you're trying to get these big recruits and you're trying to cater to them, but you're also trying to run a press, like, you know, yeah. up-tempo, frenzy defense and, like, have a bunch of, like, gritty guys, it doesn't always – it's not mm-hmm. one-to-one a lot of the times. He, he never should have left VCU. I know. He's he going really back. Should've. He's coming back. <laughs> he, I believe – it's going all the way to the top. Shaka's going back to VCU. I'm already set on it. I can't wait till it he, happens. He should. He absolutely should. He's, he's going to. He. I'm, I'm glad he got his money. I'm glad he got his – He deserved it. He, he earned it. He went to that one final yeah, four. He one final four. That's all you need. He's living the dream. Kevin Ollie's so pissed right now. <laughs> Speaking of 41-year-old head coaches in college basketball, uh, our next team, number 39, is the the team coached by the next head coach of your Duke Blue Devils. Mike White. Mike White. Uh, the Florida Gators. Um, he is one month older than Shaka Smart, and he is good. <laughs> uh, yes, he's a great coach. Uh, they are 48-21 and 21, uh, in the past two years, and they finished in the AP Top 25 the past two years. Mm-hmm. And when you watch this Florida team... It feels like every single year I'm like, wow, they have a bunch of good players. Like They're Devin so Robinson, you yeah. know what I mean? Like from a few years ago, it's like, this guy's an NBA player. Now he's on the Wizards, and he didn't really do much at Florida. But had, like, they, last they always year, have these guys. Last Patrick year, Young. To be fair, to last year they did kind of fall off a cliff there for a quick second. But if you go back and look, so it, for those who don't remember, Florida, Florida was basically they were ranked number five in the country and then in the snap of a finger they were unranked but that was every team last year yeah but that that one that happened every that was team. the curse of death if you were ranked but number five last year you're gonna fall out of the top 25 if you if you go back and look at the teams they lost like when they were ranked number five they go on this I forget I forget what it was like they lost four games and seven games or whatever it was you know it was like one of those streaks they lost three in a row they lost, you know you go back and look at that run when they were losing to, to make them go unranked these are the teams they lost to Duke, Florida State, Loyola, and Clemson. And at the time, like Duke, D- Duke was the one in the PK-80. They lose to Duke in a close game, and it was one of those moves the where— The Phil Knight special. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those moves where they lose, but by losing, they actually people thought high, more highly of them. Um, but then they lose to Florida State at home. Florida State, like, beats the shit out of them. Uh, they lose to Loyola, and everyone's like, oh, my God, what's happening to Florida? Mm-hmm. And then they lose to Clemson. And the point is, at the time, Florida State— not that highly thought of. Loyola, not that highly thought of. Clemson. And Duke, well, Duke gone was the worst team that yeah. beat them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Honestly. Like, like if you go through it, like Florida so, State's Elite Eight, Loyola's Final Four, and Clemson's Sweet 16. Right. So three three of those four ended up going to the Elite Eight. And then Clemson was Sweet 16 and gave Kansas a good game and was two or three possessions away from the Elite Eight. And those are the teams that they lost to that made Florida go from number five in the country to unranked. Which, again, you have to win these games. I'm not saying that we should be giving a participation award or a pat on the back or anything like that, but it is curious to kind of go back and revisit things like that when, I don't know, if you would have asked me before I looked into it, I've been like, yeah, the, the wheels fell off for Florida last year. What the hell happened? As it turns out, what happened is they played good teams and they lost, and that happens sometimes. 
It happens. It happens. But they joined the Jordan brand this year, so now they're going to be wearing— Did they really? Yeah, they're now now they're a Jordan school, so that's a whole new other thing, which uh, is very scary for someone like me because a lot of Florida kids (laughs) that came to North Carolina to wear the Jordan brand now can wear it at Florida, uh, which is interesting. They have this new guy, Andrew Nimpard. Have you Noombard? Noom. Oh yeah, yeah. I know this guy. I don't. I don't know who this guy is. But he was the number twenty-three recruit in the twenty eighteen class. He's a point guard. He's taken over for Chioza. And I just saw a quote from Mike White that said he hasn't. Freshman point guard is going to be a big storyline for us this year because mm-hmm. a lot of big programs have freshman point guards. Yep. He's going to be the guy for them taking over for Chioza. The other thing that's interesting, this guy Scotty Lewis, that uh, he's in the twenty nineteen class. Everyone thought he's going to go to Kentucky. He just committed to go to Mike White in Florida. They have a top five class in the 2019 mm-hmm. class. So Florida basketball right now, as much as football is kind of an up and down, you know, Dan Mullen's doing whatever there. They're really on top of They're things. They're basketball My, school. Yeah, Mike, Mike White. Is, a basketball school. Mike White's making it happen. I mean, for all the Billy Donovan stuff, we talked about 06, 07. Uh, Mike White has it pretty much figured out there. Florida has been to seven Elite Eights since tw- 2006. That's what I mean. They've been unbelievable. Seven. Yeah. Seven Elite Eights since 2006. That's seven more than Indiana. <laughs> That's six more than Shaka Smart. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, moving on, another another uh, football school that sucks at football. Um, number thirty. <laughs> 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 number thirty-eight. The, US, the USC Trojans, the highest major conference RPI to ever miss the NCAA tournament in twenty eighteen. They had they were number thirty-four in the RPI last year and missed the tournament, and then they are what. History will remember them as the team that ultimately killed the RPI because the the, the NCA looked at this and was like, "Yeah, we should probably just get rid of the RPI." Yeah, the they team were tw- that's number thirty four is is in the Pac twelve isn't making it. They won, just get rid of it. Yeah, they won twenty three games last year. They finished second in the Pac twelve, twelve and six in the Pac twelve, and Indy Infield when they got snubbed. We thought that it was a NCAA back channeling. Basically, they were involved in this whole little scandal. So this is a nice way to kind of keep them out of the tournament, keep them out of the spotlight while this stuff is getting handled. But it, looking back on it, that's kind of ridiculous. There's no way that that could really work out. Uh, Andy Infield is the one that we want to talk about in this one. And, and you, do you know the story of how he met his wife, who's a supermodel? No, I don't. So I read up about this because okay, I'd good. always I'm heard glad. about Andy Enfield and his wife, and that was like a big thing that people talked about when he first went there. He's got this supermodel wife. So what happens, his wife is a huge Oklahoma State fan. She's okay. from Oklahoma, Oklahoma roots. He was in New York City, had a friend of a friend say, uh, they were playing down in Boston, Oklahoma State was in the second round. They were playing Penn, and she needed a ride to go watch the game because she wanted to watch Oklahoma State play. Andy Enfield says... <clears throat> You can take a ride with me. I'll drive you down there. I got to go there anyway. He at the time was like a shot doctor because he was like mm-hmm. a great shooter. And obviously he shot a shot and made it and it worked out well for him. Uh, but he drove her down to the game, Oklahoma State. They beat Penn uh, and it was like a whole thing and they fell in love. And for the rest of their lives, you know, they've been in love. And then I started thinking to myself, Oklahoma State, she may want to go back to Oklahoma. Andy oh. Enfield can go back to oh. Oklahoma State. And oh. it all checks out. So you're saying? Andy, so I'm saying Andy Enfield. He's Oklahoma in LA State. right now with the model, and it checks out. You you think that makes sense? But it doesn't. Uh-huh. He needs to go back to Oklahoma State, get down to some roots. But where does? But if the Oklahoma State job comes open again, Doug Gottlieb's getting it. So <laughs> have you factored that in? Um, no, 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 no. So my problem with USC is this. Uh, uh, again, not to go all Lombardi, but what what is? When someone says USC basketball to you, what do you envision? What is their identity? Dunk City. Oh, wait, no, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Seriously, nope. like I've thought about this since Enfield got there. I, I, I know nothing about USC's culture or identity as a basketball program. Um, 
again, it's like like and that that to me is the ultimate sin for college basketball programs. Is like I don't I almost don't even care how much you win or lose. If if I can't like immediately put you in a box and be like I, I, you say Cincinnati, I know exactly what Cincinnati is. You say UCLA, I know exactly what UCLA is. You say Louisville with Patino, I know exactly. Boy, did I know exactly what yes, that was. Yes. Uh, Carolina, is, you know, like all these programs, good, bad, they all have varying degrees. Wichita State, even when they're not quite as good, like you still know what you're getting out of them. I never know what I'm getting out of USC. Like I, I, I go into, it's just basically like we get some pretty, we get as much talent as we can. We throw it out there. We try to coach it in like a certain way. We don't really know what we're doing here um, and hope it works out and that's pretty much it. And, and it's been that way, yeah. I mean, as far as I can remember, even back when, you know, Todd Gibson and some of those teams were going on, Nick Young was there. Yeah. I mean, they, you're just like, oh, that guy's really good, but he doesn't seem like he's playing with the rest they're, of they're, they're like, It's yeah. disjointed. It's just like, what, what are we, it's like an AU team, basically. Well, it's kind of like Los Angeles. It's very individualized. Everyone yeah. wants to be a star in their own right, and yeah. no one wants to be a part of a, a larger mm-hmm. team. Yep. Heard that, LeBron? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were USC preseason last year, number 10 in the country. Um, so that's why we have our eye on them is just I, I want to see infield matter to me because he doesn't. The only reason he matters is because of the dunk. It's honestly, it all goes back to the dunk city. It's like that's what it always seems to be with that is like he's the guy who did that. So just give him time. He'll figure it. I don't know. Charles O'Bannon Jr. is the guy that I'm waiting for on this team. I know Benny Boatwright's probably the biggest story, but O'Bannon Jr. was a McDonald's All American. Really, I think <laughs> I think I pulled up his stats. Yeah, he played 72 minutes, shot 22 percent from the field and 13 percent from three. This was a McDonald's All American. Obviously, has the name, yeah. uh, and I thought he was going to be really good. I went out on a limb for him. So uh, Charles, Charles, let's get in charge. Let's figure Charles, it out. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, moving on, number 37, another football program, uh, Notre Dame. I had this note, and I feel like we need to start here because this is the most important thing. Mike Bray, um, according to Wikipedia, Mike Bray was named the MVP of George Washington. He transferred to George Washington and played one year um, of college basketball in 1982. He was named the team MVP by averaging five points per game and 4.8 rebounds per game. What a legend. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, he's the Mike Bray is probably I will say this right he averaged now. Average five and five and was the team MVP. Because that man has the confidence of a million. The intangibles, men. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you would never if there's anyone you want to go into battle with, it's Mike Bray. And granted, you may lose that battle, yeah. but Mike Bray's going into it and you think you're gonna win. It I didn't mean, you know, perfect. Wikipedia did not report how many frat parties he took his shirt off at, and and jumped on the table and Burned a beer, and that's probably why I won team MVP that year. Let's be honest, the team voted. Yeah, you know, the they were, voted they're like, like, who is MVP? We love Mike. They're like, Mike, right there. And he's like, what's going on, baby? Let's do it. Let's do it. How y'all feeling? They're like, Mike, you're the best. Uh, Mike said he wants to burn the whole thing down, get it all out, take our medicine when talking about the uh, the corruption in college basketball. Oh, the corruption. He was amazing. Uh, no, yeah, that was yeah, actually, he was talking about the frat party. He uh, okay, wanted to burn yeah, the whole thing down. Say. Yeah, the, yeah, burn, that yeah burning down the house. He started playing talking heads and just went crazy. Uh, Mike Bray has been completely like he's probably the most. We talked about Izzo in the Big Ten as far mm-hmm. as he's just cheeky in all these press conferences and everyone loves him. Mike Bray can say anything. It, it's amazing, it, and people just Mike love Bray, it. Mike Bray has never been to a Final Four, but no one gives a shit. Yeah, isn't that weird? He doesn't give a shit. Like I don't. I certainly don't give a shit. But like, there's no one. No one ever talks about Mike Bray and is like like they do with Sean Miller or Tony Bennett. Like, is he going to get over the hump? Can he finally? Do? It's like who cares? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, don't care. <laughs> he's like, look at look at my Hawaiian shirt, and yeah. I got my hair slicked back, and I'm cracking jokes. He's playing and... a different game from everyone else. He's exactly. not he's not trying to get to the final four. He's trying to live life, and he wants to reach these kids. Also, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's what he lives. He just wants to reach these kids. Um, Notre Dame's going to be very very young this year. Uh, they they they're going to have five freshmen in the rotation. One of which is Dane Goodwin from Upper Arlington, Ohio, former Ohio State commit from mm. the town right next to to where I live. Usually, um, when I'm not out here in Hollywood. 
Hollywood. Um, so I'm, I'm actually excited for Dane Goodwin. He's going to be pretty good. Probably not this year quite as much. But I'm excited for Fluger and Gibbs. He'll be a good Notre Dame player. Both those guys yeah. will be back. Gibbs will be really good. Gibbs will probably be their best player. The thing with Notre Dame always, they're going to be scrappy. They're going to win some games in the ACC they probably shouldn't have won, and they're just going to be fun to watch. And Mike Bray is going to be a storyline because Mike Bray, again, he can't help himself. He can't help himself. He really can't help himself. Uh, moving on to our national runner-up last year, uh, the Michigan Wolverines, who have lost their three best three-point shooters. Uh, and Mainly Duncan Robinson. Friend Duncan of the Robinson, Mo Wagner, uh, Muhammad Ali, Abdul Rahman. Lost those three guys. Uh, and and that to me is the story of Michigan. Michigan's going to be pretty good. They are probably the second, pretty clearly to me, I guess, the second best team in the Big Ten behind Michigan State. They might actually be the best. I think they're the best team. Yeah. yeah, it's like basically it's Michigan and Michigan State are. If we're doing tier talk. They're they <laughs> on their own tier, and then probably Nebraska and Indiana, Indiana. and yep. Purdue, whatever. But Michigan, Michigan State are are right there. Um, but what's interesting about Michigan is this this pivot that. Uh, uh, beeline is done from the offensive guru guy, like the 2013 team that that lost to Redacted in the national championship that year, um, lost to Vacated in a in a very good game. Uh, that team was like offensive oriented with Stauskas and and Burke and and Hardaway and Robinson. You know, like those guys shot a lot of threes, and it's, it's the beeline the beeline that we know, right? Yeah, play the percentages. Last year's Michigan team more defensive minded and even started Isaiah Livers strictly for defense. Right. This year's team, I have a feeling is going to be even more so defensive minded because they're going to have to be. And I'm kind of slightly concerned about like who's going to hit threes for this team. Swaggy pool. Swaggy pool is the answer. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's interesting. That's, uh, th- that's my way of saying that this is a sign of a good coach, John Beeline, that uh, he can just basically adapt his personnel and be like, all right, we're defensive minor now. This is how we're going to win games. Now we're going to go to the national championship with the defensive team. And we watched after we, we went to the, the LA games out here, the regional games, when they won the regional out here, we watched how Beeline just handled the media, handled his team. Yeah. And we're like, that guy is a professional. He's like a professional. He's 100% professional. Everyone loves him. Everyone wants to talk to him. And he's a beloved figure. I want to talk about the most beloved figure on the team, and that's Swaggy Pool, a guy we yep. just brought up. He has gone zero dark pool. Uh, he is not on social media. He is, really? He is off all the social media. He said he's just getting mentally locked in basketball-wise. Love it. He said social media is a huge distraction. Uh, he, he's tired of scrolling. He said, I've been doing yoga and meditation and watching House Hunters on, on HGTV. I love it. He said, I know it's corny. But that's me. I'm just kind of corny. So he's just trying. <laughs> okay, that's corny. Okay, hold on. He's like, he's so aware of how cool he is that he's trying to act like he's corny yeah. to like try to keep people away from realizing that he is Swaggy Pool. It's genius. It's a great way to, to keep people away from talking about him. We're, we're not confused. We're not shook here. We know who you are, Swaggy. Right. Keep doing you. I'm glad you're not on social media, but yeah. it's happening. As soon as he has 35 points, he's going to get back on social media and say, yeah. it's swaggy Y'all season. Y'all see that? <laughs> 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 or he's just going to, he's going to have like a monster game and just tweet that the eye, the eyes raising emoji, yeah. <laughs> like, like five of those and be like, damn. <laughs> I can't he also, wait. He also said he went to the Michigan State, Michigan football game. Um, where uh, Michigan played at Michigan State. Yeah. You remember this. Yes. And the Michigan guy was clawing up the field, and Michigan ends up winning. Uh, Swaggy Poole goes in the, uh, did an interview with someone, and he, he was at the game. He went to East Lansing, and he said, Michigan State's campus is awful. 
it's trash. That was his quote. <laughs> and then probably just walked away. You yeah, know, yeah. like <laughs> Swaggy Pool is the closest he thing to Prince playing basketball that we have in college basketball. He didn't basketball. actually say it to a, a newsman. He said it to like someone on Snapchat that was just like filming the game and he just walked up to him and just put his face in front of the camera and said, this campus is awful, it's trash. And then walked away. That's probably what happened. And everyone just started cheering. <laughs> like, thank you, Swaggy. Uh, we should also mention Charles Matthews is back, who... Uh, a dark Horse Big dark Ten, House, player, Big of Ten year, player of the Year. And yeah. then also Dark Horse National Player of the Year if dude, Michigan if he, gets off to a hard dude, start. Dude, if he gets a jump shot, it's Watch over. out. Oh, my God. If. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we keep saying that about everyone. If, uh, if Yeah, Isaiah Livers also, everything I was reading about him says he's going to be more aggressive this year and he's going to be uh, good. So I'm excited for that because I would like to see Isaiah Livers be good. No disrespect to Isaiah Livers, but, you know, we, we are impartial to – we were partial to Duncan Robinson and it was a little frustrating to watch. I like the idea. I like Duncan being the sixth man, but we in the national title game were like, it's time to get Duncan in the yeah, game. Get Duncan and, in the game. And I think Isaiah will step up. He's roommates with Swaggy Pool, so that gives yeah. me hope that uh, he'll figure it out. I, I'm trusting that Beeline knows more about this than we do. And there's a reason that Livers was starting last year. So hopefully this year we get to see that what that reason was. Uh one more team real quick, and then we'll take a break. Um the Miami Hurricanes, who in a lot of ways are a loser in the sense that they lost out on Nasir Little because of the the looming FBI stuff, right? You, your Little went to Carolina. Would you say that he probably would have gone to Miami if not for the— I think his coach would have sent him to Miami, and I think he would have been confused why he was at Miami. Yeah, exactly. And he would have been like, why am I at Miami again? Uh, and I think that's where he was at. Uh, it was between Arizona and Miami and North Carolina originally. He committed to Arizona— and then that didn't work out. And then Miami was like an Adidas deal. So he would have gone to Miami yeah. for Adidas. But then I'm, Miami got redacted from the whole FBI thing. So, maybe, so maybe this is all made up. They were the loser in the sense that they lost Nasir Little, you could argue, because of the FBI stuff. But they're the big winner in the offseason. They fought the law, and they won. Yes. They got redacted from all the FBI stuff. Miami is no longer an FBI school. Update your your shit-talking, all you people out there, when you're talking about these all these FBI schools. Miami's not one of them. And this They're is off the list. how many times, like between the Nevin Shapiro thing and this situation, like how many times will Miami just perfectly get away? It's great. It's you know what I mean? Like unscathed. That's great. It's is, perfect. Is Miami a private school? Huh? Oh, oh, is it in Coral Gable? <laughs> is Miami a private Adidas school? <laughs> yeah. in, I don't know. No, they didn't do anything. They're redacted. Yeah, we can't, we're redacted. not allowed to talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, we we're not allowed to talk about yeah, that anymore. Right. Uh, lost to Loyola in the first round last year on a buzzer beater from like a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the most, de- that's like the, the Loyola run. That's that, that, that was the shot that's lost to time. I feel like, like no one remembers that. That was, was the 6 first 11 round. game. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the very first round. And then the next game, Custer hit beats Tennessee with like the floater that bounces in. And then, you know, Loyola goes on this run and, and everyone forgets that the first round Miami had that game in the bag and, Lost on a desk. We actually, period. I remember us turning away from that game at one point because they were up. Uh, yeah. and, and we were just like, oh, yeah, this Miami team, we love them. Lonnie Walker, they're going to be great. Uh, and then Custer happened. I, they've had three straight NCAA tournament trips, first time in program history. My biggest storyline with Miami is that Dewan Hewell, who is their best player coming back, a guy that I was a nightmare. Did he change his name to something? Dewan Hernandez. Mm. So, 
and this is a very Miami move, like knowing some of their players in the past, like Diaz and some of these guys, like he is, he has leaned in to the, like the Latino, the, the Latino like, dude, it's his yeah. mom's name that he changed his name to apparently to like give okay. her some credit. But it, now that but I look, it works out well because he's at Miami. Yeah. yeah and like, now I look at this team, I'm like, wow, they're going to be really good. Yeah. Like I thought they were going to be good going into the season. Now I'm like, damn, they're going to be really good. Uh, so Dewan Hernandez, if you're like, who is this new guy on the team? It is Dewan Huell. Yeah. He changed his name. He's going to have a great year. 6'11 junior. Um, and I, I think Kim Bomb at 21. Uh, going They're going to be the good, season. but it's the same problem that uh, I I bring up with all these ACC teams. It's just the ACC is so damn good that someone not not every team in the ACC can win 12 ACC games. You know, someone has to lose these games, uh, and I don't necessarily think it's going to be Miami, but Miami can't be good, and Clemson be good, and all these middling teams. Not I don't mean middling as in mediocre. I mean like. You got the if we're doing tier talk again. You got the national title contenders, and then like the Miamis and the Clemsons who are going to make the tournament, and going to be pretty good. But they all can't be eleven teams right can there. make the tournament in the ACC. Yeah, but they all can't be three seeds. That's not how this is going to work. No, and so that's the concern. No, you're Miami. like Miami now. You're a six yeah. seed, and you're playing an eleven seed. Go. That's a really exactly. good team, and you lose in the first round, and people are like, "What a failure of a season!" It's like, no, I'm sorry. We we played a really good. We team. need to move Miami to like the Pac-12 or something, and let them <laughs> let them have some. Uh, you know, let's move to the Big way. East. Move them to the yeah. Let's get them back to the Big East. Big East would be good. Yeah, that's what I keep saying that for all these guys, like Boston College, Miami. They're all these private guys, school. They, yeah. fit, they fit into the Big East. Get them back to the Big East. Right. They're on the East Coast. Yeah, they're Close East enough, Coast, about twenty minutes school. away from yeah. somewhere from else. Butler. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a quick little drive. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. We'll uh, we we. God damn, did we keep doing this? We got a lot of teams to get through, but uh, we'll do our best. We still have a handful left. Um, with what is this Quadrant Two? We're still on. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone, Mark Titus. Really? It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. Wow. I actually just used SeatGeek. You and, did? Yeah, and I bought some tickets. Wow. I'm not going to tell you what I bought them for, but I did buy some tickets. No kidding. Yeah, no lie. Uh, best of all, my listeners get $20 wow. off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download that SeatGeek app now and enter promo code OSP today. That's promo code OSP for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Back to the Hurley Brothers. All right, Tay, real quick. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams left in quadrant two. Um, does anybody even know what, what our system is anymore? I know I'm not really we sure. We don't even but know what the system is. We are. What I do know is we you know are. What the in- interesting part before we move on. You talked about you got to have a culture and a system in place, and we don't, and have, that, and we don't have one. So it's, it's perfect. It, that's irony, it's perfect. folks. That's it's irony the at work. Spider Man meme, yeah, pointing at yeah. Andy Enfield, and um, <laughs> and and we're doing it at the NCA, the NCA quadrant system. This is the whole point. We're just, and that's what it is. We do have a system. It's we're, a bit. we're mocking it. It's a bit. The NCA's quadrant system makes no sense to us. So we're trying to create a quadrant system that makes no sense. It's a bit. Duh. Yeah, the NCAA yeah, system is people, a bot. We are a bit. Sure, yeah. First team up, UConn, the Huskies. They get our boy Dan Hurley. You talked about guys that can get, uh, you know, updated by how they do in the tournament. Rhode Island does well. Dan Hurley gets a job with the UConn Huskies. He comes in, takes over. Yeah, for he, a he went on the yeah because he got the he got the job because uh, he went on that run with Rhode Island the NCAA tournament. They made the final. F- oh no, no, they. 
No, they they lost in the uh, elite. No, oh. but they did make sweets. Oh no, huh? He's never made the Sweet Sixteen, huh? But his last name is Hurley. His last name is Hurley. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. okay. we're back. Now we're, we're back. back. Okay, and it's called the Hurley Way. That's what he's implementing at UConn. A lot of people didn't know this, but he said if you're a competitive player, you'll love this kind of environment. The environment that he is creating is basically. We're going to fight each other. This environment every is, single day you're going to love this environment. Uh, it's called I'm Not Kevin Ollie. And you'll <laughs> love that. It's a pretty good system. Uh, the guy that he hired to come in, this is the only interesting thing that I have. This guy, Sal Alosi, uh, he's the director of human performance. If that name sounds familiar, I'm going to give you a few reasons why. One, he was the guy that tripped the Miami Dolphins gunner on the punt for the New York Jets. <laughs> Uh, do you remember, remember that? People remember guy, this. Yes. He got fined $250,000. He was the guy that made that trip. As a guy that used to watch Jets games every time in 2010, that was one of the funniest things that ever happened to me. And then if you're thinking to yourself, well, that's only one time. He's not that. Well, here's strike two. He also got in a fight with Darrell Rivas in the locker room that same year. Uh, and basically, the best player on the team, he tried to beat his ass so he couldn't play. Um, so that's strike number two. And then if you're like, oh, that's fine. You know, it's just all with the Jets. Here's strike number three. Remember when Sean Diddy comes... Uh, uh, he got that kettlebell and tried to beat the shit out of somebody for being mean to his the son. The same guy? Sam Alozzi. And that is, uh, that is Sal Alozzi. Sorry, Sal Alozzi. That is who uh, your boy Hurley has brought in to be in charge of the conditioning. Is a 24-hour process every single day oh where he God. puts him on a schedule. So my can question I, is, who is going to fight? Who's going to fight next? Hopefully I, Dan Hurley. I'm putting my life savings on UConn. The, yeah. This is incredible. Can you, uh, did you, I honestly, as I was, I saw the name and I was like, why do I know that name? So I Googled it and I was like, that's the guy that tripped the the Dolphins guy. And then I'm dying laughing. And then I'm like, something else happened something with him. Else happened. And I just typed in a Lozy Diddy. And it, was like, <laughs> <laughs> it all checks out. He's a legend. He's a legend. I love it. That's, Great hire. That's all we need to say on UConn. Uh, Jalen Adams is the best player in the American Conference. He's, yes. He's back to uh, UConn. Uh, they should be better, but. Again, that might be because the bar was set so low. They got UConn. I'm not saying this. Ollie was a great coach and should have got. I I I don't really care. Ollie was not a great coach, whatever. But um, UConn did themselves no favors with the conference realignment. I don't need to spell that out. Like UConn fans know this, but Giddy, the conference realignment bullshit kind of. It was a bad time for Kevin. Ollie. They did win a title as the American, but that was just, you know, that was the Big East remnants. I, I think I think UConn's in a weird spot. So hopefully Hurley can figure it out because. And the state in the state itself, UConn is about basketball, and you guys let Randy Edsel and the UConn football program dictate what happened to you guys. Yeah, and I hate that. That's that's very tough. Yeah. It's very tough. Uh, moving on to the other Hurley brother, number, our favorite Hurley, our my favorite, favorite Hurley. Hurley. Yeah, number thirty-three, Arizona State, coming off of uh, just a historic season. Um, they were great last year. Just as we all remember, they were getting first place votes there for a hot second. Um, Number last undefeated rank, team in the nation last, last year. Last undefeated team in the nation. They they just were dominating everybody and rode that all the way to the NCAA tournament. Had a hell of a run in the <laughs> tournament. Um, came up just short in the final four. I think there was they lost to Loyola mm. in the final mm. four. Is that, is that and how? it's gone? Oh no, I got that. Uh, my man, my notes are terrible. It says. No, it says here they lost a first four game. That's right. That's right. I forgot that. <laughs> Turns out they were in Dayton, Ohio. I forgot that. Their season ended in Dayton, Ohio after being ranked third in the country in the last undefeated team in the country. Yeah, that's right. Poor Shoot. Arizona State. That's poor tough. Bob Hurley. But this is the fourth year. I think Bob Hurley can uh, change things around. I want to say this. Arizona State, uh, they taught us a valuable lesson last year. It's going to happen again this year. Um, if a team does not play defense and shoots a ton of threes and makes them early in the season, 
just keep it in your pants for a little while, folks. Mm-hmm. That's my advice to everybody. Um, it's going to happen this year, Tate. There's going to be a team like that. It might be Marshall. They play fast. They shoot a ton. It's not going to be Marshall. It's not, they're going undefeated. So <laughs> but no. um, there's going to be a team that that starts out really hot, upsets some teams because they're hitting. They hit 14 threes in a game, and and you know, they, can we they, call it the Trey Young? Yes, this is going to happen. America's going to go nuts. You and I are going to get on this podcast, and I'm going to be like, listen, I like what I'm seeing out of these guys. But I don't like that Kim Palm, their defensive ranking is like 142nd in the country. That seems problematic to me. And the people are going to be like, why do you hate my team? And I'm going to say, remember Arizona State last year? That's why. I'm going to say, I don't hate your team. Kim Palm does. Mm-hmm. Let's blame it on Kim Palm. Yeah, exactly. I take 100% responsibility, but Kim Palm said Who's it. more infallible, Kim Palm or Jay Billis? To where people like don't even want to challenge the opinions. They're like, oh shit, if he said that, then I'm going to back I'm gonna back off. Pretty sure it's Jay Billis. I'm going to back off on that Just one. Just because people know he's a real person. <laughs> Kim Palm, the thing is a machine, so yeah. they can't trust it. Jay the, Billis, they're like, he's the perfect person. Yeah. He's the perfect college basketball analyst. Jay Billis, yeah. Like, even the people that don't like Billis, even the people are like, what a pompous asshole. They still like if Billis but I says something. Him. But goddamn it, do I respect <laughs> him? Even no matter what he says, they're like, well shit, if I disagree, I must be wrong. I better change my opinion on this um anyway i don't really have much else to say about arizona state that's I, it i just wanted to make we're gonna go down year. to arizona state we're gonna watch yeah. a couple games uh and we're gonna see what happens yeah. in tempe i'm excited to see it they lost the three best players um can you talk about a, just a great by hurley talk about a great coaching room like at a university herm edwards and bobby hurley are yeah, you kidding great. me that's, that's awesome great, that's a great team like like there is an arizona state fan out there who is truly believes that he has the two the best football basketball combination in the country they exist. Like I'm sure there's one. Like you talk about a co- like as I'm far sure as you go one. and watch two coaches speak. Like yeah. I would love to go watch yeah. those two guys talk. Yeah. Uh, moving on, number 32, Wichita State, nine straight 25 plus win seasons. They have lost their top four scores. They have lost six of their seven best players this year. Their nine straight 25 plus win season is in jeopardy um, because they are now in a better conference than they have been. They were in the conference last year, but. Um, you know, this is their first year. Part of the, yeah, <laughs> part of part of those nine seasons were just beating the shit out of the Missouri Valley. So now um, it's going to be a little tougher. This is, uh, I don't know. This this is probably Greg Marshall's biggest test in the sense of this is, yeah, the, the the he's in the better conference. His team probably isn't quite as good. Let's see what happens. I think that Wichita State is going to be in a better spot. I think they're better as an underdog. I think Greg Marshall, I think he even said it. He was yeah. like, I like to be the underdog. And last year, they had a lot of people talking about them being a top five perennial team all season long because of Sham and all those guys. So I kind of like where they are. Um, and if you, if you think about Greg Marshall, I don't think he's going to leave. I think a lot of times, like every single year, I thought that he was coaching to be that top five team to then go somewhere else to be right, like right. the top dog. I seem I like he, so it anymore. seems like he's pretty yeah. set at Wichita State, which is a good good place for them to be. Yeah, it seems. Uh, if he was going to leave, it would have happened this year. Exactly. I think like he, he had his team gutted. Um, yeah, I mean, it seven happened, straight so. NCAA tournament trip says I want to go to a bigger program, right. but Wichita State bow, is. Yeah, you bow out to Marshall. You 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 lose with a good team to Marshall in the first round, and you, you realize you're about to lose all those guys. That's the that's the point where you look at yourself and you're like, all right, I gotta get the hell out of here because this is, you know, if we're losing to Marshall with this team, what the hell's gonna happen next? And he stuck around, so uh, he, I think he's there for the long. He haul does too. have one of my favorite sayings that all these coaches have little sayings. His is play broke, and I really do like that because that's how you should. I thought play. it was play angry. I think it's play broke, and it's play broke too. Yeah, I think it's play, well. I just oh, saw he's changing it. Yeah, I think it's play broke, but basically like earn your money, like get after yeah. it, which is you know as as people just, that believe in bagmen yeah, yeah, and, right. <laughs> and everything else play broke man play even broke. if you got the bag play broke um yeah speaking uh, of guys uh, who are not playing broke vanderbilt right right <laughs> <laughs> two guys that are going to be uh on their team that are coming as freshmen are top 10 potential lottery picks uh simi shitu is a guy we talked about before uh we Bryce could, Drew said shimmy shitu shit simi 
Shitu can play uh, one through five. You can play in position. That's okay. what Bryce Drew said. Okay, well, don't do that, Bryce. Yeah, don't do that, Bryce. Uh, and then Garland, Darius Garland mm-hmm. is the other guy. So the two of them, Langford was the third guy that we all thought, or I thought was going to go to Vanderbilt with those guys, decides not to he go to He was supposed to, to be the third man. He was supposed to be Hulk Hogan. Um, he was not. He went mm. to Indiana. Not Shoot. a new world order. Damn shame that he did. Yeah. Mm, it's mm. tough. Hate it. Um, Matthew Fisher Davis is gone. Riley Chance is gone. Uh, Vanderbilt is a team that is going to be very young, like we said. They have the good recruits. They're going to be very talented. This is the best recruiting class in Vanderbilt history. Yes. Um, there's a lot of reason to be excited. The problem, as I've made this this point with, I just made it with uh, uh, Miami. I've made it with ACC teams, other SEC teams. SEC is going to be very good. Um, if Vanderbilt was in the Pac-12, I would be very, very excited about Vanderbilt. They are not in the Pac-12. They're in the SEC. And I'm a little worried about that because the SEC is going to be loaded. It kind of reminds me of that LSU team with Ben Simmons, uh, 2016, where everyone's yeah. going to be hyped up, and all these NBA people are going to say, right. "Why? You know, we should be watching Vanderbilt. They have these two guys that are going to be top 15 picks." And it's like, I sure, if you want to watch those guys, have fun with that. But they're not going to win that many games. The only reason that they are interesting is because of those two guys. And I always want to see. Bryce Drew, this is his first time to show these other guys that are five stars that I can bring you in and get you drafted. Yeah. This is like his test case to see that's if it what, happens. That's, what, that's, the, that's the key right here. This is it, It's not about this season. It's not about winning games this season. It's about not ruining shit doing Garland. Yeah, don't ruin like, their value. Don't ruin keep your their draft value, value, and then you're playing the long game, and now you can show recruits, like, I will not ruin your value. You, and the, you can come to Vanderbilt, and you can still be a top 10 and then I start getting the Mo Bamba guy the one guy that's going to come join a team that has a bunch of Matthew Fisher Davises of the world and then we have a real chance to compete and then and then in the words of John Rothstein and here we go in the words of John Rothstein quoting Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight circa 2008 perfect quoting Heath Ledger as the Joker in the perfect Uh, number 30 now we're getting into it whiskey this is officially where I draw my line I'm I'm now officially titillated for the, the remaining teams um the Wisconsin Buzzcuts, the Wisconsin Badgers. Let's just say that the the duo of Buzzcut Brad and Ethan Happ would be the greatest NBA Jam college duo of all time. Like I would, I would do so much damage with those guys. I, I'm very excited to see what Wisconsin does this year. They they bring back their entire team. Now their entire team went 15 and 18 last year <laughs> and didn't even make the NIT, <laughs> and that is bad. Mm-hmm. But their entire team is back. Um, I, I just I, I can't even tell you how excited I am to watch to watch Buzzcut Brad like pop his shoulder back in. The thing about this is though, like I made a lot of jokes about him, um, and and because like how how do you not make jokes about this guy? Like I'm not even making him at his expense. I'm just like I, I'm in disbelief that this man exists. That like a, a specimen so perfect for Wisconsin can exist like this. But what gets lost in all the jokes you make about Buzzcut Brad and how hard he, he works and how he's like the greatest guy on earth, by the way. Like, I follow this kid on Instagram. He's just like a genuinely good dude and just takes his teammates fishing and is like very easy to root for. What gets lost in all this, Tate, he's legitimately good at basketball. He's very, very good. He's a very, very good player. And there were like there were uh, many, many moments last year where he was like carrying the team, where he, he dislocates his shoulder. He goes on the sideline, pops that shit back in, comes in and is like just gunning threes. Like he's, I don't know. I'm very excited to watch him because he is good. And Hap, Hap has his limitations, but Hap is a very good college player. 
right? Ethan Happ is nothing that I'm concerned about. I watched him all last year. I had him on my list. He was a PER machine for those first two years. Last year, he was terrible mm-hmm. as the number one option. I think this year, they decided that Buzzcut Brad is, is the, number the number one, one option. And that was yeah. the problem last year. They kept trying to give Happ the ball, and Happ has one move. We know what the move is. <laughs> you throw it to the bus. He does a little fake, and he spins, spins back, back in. And, and every single person that's yeah. watched tape on the guy is like, hey, I wonder what he's going to do. Oh, here it is. Blocked. Spin baseline, reverse layup. Blocked. There it is. Blocked every single time <laughs> last year. If you watched him play, blocked every single time last year. I hope to God he figured something else out. Maybe another jump hook. Maybe he doesn't pump Ethan, fake inside. Please I don't know. get a jump shot. Please. Just please. Buzzcut Brad, I believe in. I think he's going to be a talk of the town for a little while. I think he's going to be up for like, you know, Big Ten Player of the Year early National on. National Player of the Year, maybe? No. <laughs> In a word, no. Uh, but I love Buzzcut Brad. I love charges. I love him taking charges. That's the best, you know, but best think, case scenario for him. But I think so. Like the, the comparison is is Aaron Kraft that everyone would want to make, but he's not Aaron Kraft. Aaron Kraft is better. <laughs> Hold I on. mean, let's pump the brakes. No, no, I will not. Aaron Kraft, I will defend you. Aaron Kraft is a much better basketball. Aaron, player. Aaron Kraft is better, but Buzzcut Brad um, is better on offense. He's, he's just like an offensive Aaron Kraft, basically. He can shoot. He can shoot. He creates offense. He can shoot. Yeah. He legitimately creates offense. He can shoot. I He's love a it. smart I love basketball him. player. He's one of the smartest basketball Brad, players that we hey, have. Turn your microphone off. I got. I want to talk to Brad. <laughs> Brad. I love you. I need you to know this. Um, the the podcast is over. I'm just talking to you now, Brad. I hope he takes that undershirt right. off. <laughs> This year. That's the plan. I know he needs the padding. Yeah. He's one of those guys like Mike K. Gilchrist <laughs> where he's taking so many chargers and so many hits that he has yeah. to wear padding. He's going to come out uh, with shoulder pads on. Yeah, I, he, <laughs> should. he should. He should. He should. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if Buzzcut Brad is the starting fullback for the Wisconsin football team. If you told me, I'd believe it. I love it. it. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, it's got to happen this year. Um, they 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 got their guys healthy. They, they did have some injury problems. Demetri Trice was hurt. Kobe King was hurt last year. Like I mean, every team has injury problems. So I don't know how much of an excuse you want to make that. That, but they, I don't know. This is the year that the guard has to prove that he's he's the guy, you know. And we there's always questions following the greatest coach in school history. Um, people get a little upset when when you suck. Wisconsin fans have been patient. Um, it's got to happen this year. That doesn't mean they got to win the national title or anything like that. But if they go 15 and 18 again, yikes! Yeah, That's guard can't, guard can't have guard will have to take a seat. Yeah. Uh, in the words of Shaka Smart, next team we have up uh, Mississippi State. We got Ben Howland. They haven't been in the tournament in a decade uh, mm-hmm. since 2009. The number 18 team in the preseason poll. Mississippi Unbelievable. State. Ben Howland. For people that forget, Ben Howland was the one that uh, got Darren Collison, got Russell Westbrook, got Kevin Love all at UCLA. Obviously Pittsburgh before a guy that we know and love in the world mm-hmm. of college basketball. Seems like he's sort of gotten forgotten a little bit. Uh, and now they had the Harlem Globetrotters come for their Midnight Madness and do a full performance. They have a lot of people talking about their program in general for being a team that could be a sleeper national title team. There's a lot of people eh, that I get people t- tweeting eh. at me that they're betting on them to win the title because of the odds are so crazy because they're the 18th team in the country. You know why their odds are crazy? Because they're, they're not, not going to win. <laughs> exactly. Gonna win. But I like, the, uh, I like the enthusiasm. They have all five starters back. Yes. Uh, most importantly though uh, regarding Mississippi State is Renardo Cindy, Sydney, I'm sorry, uh, coming out on the Jeff Goodman podcast and saying that he was paid by Stansberry and everyone said, yeah. We know. Thanks, uh, Renardo. Yep. We know. <laughs> and, and yep. Yeah, yeah, we know that. Uh, we don't want to hear about how you were paid because we all already know this. We want to hear about the time you beat the shit out of your teammate in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, watching another game. Yeah, that's a rhetorical question. That's uh, what we want to hear about, Can you talk about, about the fight? Yeah, yeah, of course. Please talk about that. Um, so, yeah, they, the, the concern with Mississippi State is they shot 32% from the three-point line last year as a team, and now they basically have the same team. So I don't know how they're going to 
I, I hope they shoot more than that. But in, Gotta in, make shots in this game. Yeah, in the same way that every single preview is going to say so-and-so is going to now average 12 points after averaging one yeah. last year. Uh, you know, just optimism. Etern- yeah. et- eternal optimism. I think they're going to shoot 43% from the 3 points. Yeah, just, they've been and, working uh, out all summer. Good. And they're going to win the national title, so lay a lot of money on that. Everyone them, right? gets better. Um, three teams to go. Number 28, the Louisville Cardinals. Um, I say we got we got to... We got we got to be in the post Patino era with Louisville. I don't mean post Patino as a podcast. Like we'll still we've tried that. We've we've said many times we're done with Patino. We can't quit that man. Um, but I think out of respect to Louisville, we got to be post Patino in our discussion with them. Uh, so I don't want to talk about Patino. We're because, not talking about Patino. We're talking about Chris. Talk about Louisville. Yeah, it, the Chris it, Mack era has begun. Chris Mack is here. Luke Murray is here. So that means Bill Murray is here. The good things for the Cardinals fans are you have Bill Murray, who's now going to be at all your tournament games. You have Chris Mack. If I'm Chris Mack. Patino was the all white suit. If I'm Chris Mack, I'm going all black suit. Ooh, that's gonna be or all or red. red suit. Red is the one. The cardinal. The cardinal, cardinal red. Yeah. I like that. So he's got to figure something out to to build his brand up. Chris Mack is a very cool, calm customer. Did a lot of good stuff at Xavier. Obviously in the Skip Prosser tree of co- coaching tree. A guy that was my counselor at Wake Forest basketball camp back in the day. Big fan of Chris Mack and everything he does as a basketball really? coach. Great man. He, so Great re- man. So he recruited you, is what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. In, in fourth grade, <laughs> fourth Chris Mack was like, "Hey, pass it to that guy." Um, so Louisville lost a ton off the team last year. Uh, they, they should have been better. Like the, the, the one thing that sucks for Louisville was they had a very, very good team last year. Dang Adele race balling. Yes. A very good Patino orchestrated team before Patino was fired. Like that would have been a good team if Patino was the coach. If Tugs Bowen was their starting two guard yeah. and they had Dang Adele and they race balling. They won a national title. Exactly. Yeah. Last year. So that, that hurts, but Ooh. you know, you, you, you play sleazy games, you win sleazy prizes is what I would say. Um, I I just want to reiterate before we move on from Louisville cuz like this team is going to not it's going to take a while. They they kind of have a bare cupboard so to speak. VJ King is is back, but Ryan McMahon, the guy that Dickie V got to Louisville, never forget. Mm-hmm. Um he's back. Uh but forget all that. What what I just want Louisville fans as as you're in the state of transition, as you're dealing with the fallout of the Patino stuff, as your team's probably not going to be great this year. Um just remember the Chris Mack tape Left his alma mater after getting a one seed. He left his alma mater. Best year in school history. Best year in school history. He leaves to go coach a program that missed the NCAA tournament and has all these scandals hanging over them. Had a self-imposed ban the year before. Yeah. That's insane. Just think about that. And what that says about the Louisville basketball program. In Louisville. You're going to be just fine. And the amount of money that you're bringing in, yeah, exactly. You're good. You're going to be just fine. Yeah. So uh, no L's in Louisville. Uh, there, it's not. It's not going to be a fun year probably for Louisville, but it's never about. It's not about this year. It's about what is to come, and it's about our show in Louisville. That's what's really important. And we're again, we're <laughs> eternal optimists. Uh, and if you need us to write a preview about your Louisville team, I think VJ King might average thirty five this year. I don't yeah. know. That's yeah. just what I'm thinking. Yeah. Possibly. What, what, I, what I'm saying is the, the, your basketball team is going to suck, so definitely do not go to their <laughs> exhibition game <laughs> on Saturday night. You do not want to see that. You uh, you should just come to our show. We'll talk try to about find whatever another you show want. In town. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about whatever you want. Uh, two more teams to go. Number 27, the Purdue Boy, the Makers, bringing back the guy that most people are saying is the best player returning to college basketball, Carson Edwards, moving mm. over to point guard this year. Uh, or is he? Is Nigel Eastern going to be the point guard? This, the, the guy that My you favorite player in the world, he yes. Point. He's uh, going to run point. Eastern, by the time yeah. January hits, Eastern will be the starting point guard of the Purdue Boy, the Makers. You're going to have you a 6'6 point guard and a 6'1 shooting guard. You mark it down. Gonna, yeah. Mark it down. Um, Actually, he might just replace Carson Edwards in the starting lineup. Yeah, Carson. Because he's better. <laughs> if, you, if you don't understand that joke, Tate watched like, 
like 30 seconds of Purdue basketball last year and texted me right away. He's like, this Eastern kid's insane. Because he called he called Eastern at like the right time. He's, oh, he's, he was he's he saw like out four of his possessions mind. or, yeah. or he's, he's he's all the best four possession stretch of Eastern's life. And he was like, This dude's insane. Is he a lottery pick? And, and as like, soon yeah. as we were at Purdue in West Lafayette and I was talking to the guys that actually around the team, and I'm like, This Eastern guy, he's unbelievable. And they're like, I mean, yeah, yeah. he's good. He's good. He's like, like, what game did you watch? And tell him the game, like, yeah, he had a yeah. great game there. Like, you need to watch more. But I'll I'll stick with Eastern. Uh, so Purdue has six freshmen that they're bringing in. Jesus. Um, they, they have Purdue day of giving really yeah, worked Purdue out. Purdue day of giving is, is happening. The football program's back. We called it on this, on this podcast. They beat Ohio state. Um, it, it's, it's like a self-inflicted wound for me that I came on the pod and I was like, Purdue football's going to be back. I'm telling you folks, the Purdue day of giving it's working. Their football program's going to do big things. And then they beat mama mater. So that was kind of, they a, may have ran urban Meyer out of college football. Yeah, they might have. Thank you. Oh Purdue. man. So sad. Thank that you. Purdue. Be, I'd be devastated if that happened. Love the Boilermakers. Was no longer the coach at Ohio A lot State. of positive stuff tough. going on in West Lafayette right now. I just feel yeah. like they're very excited. Positive the, vibes. Yeah, the arena is amazing. Trent's got, yeah. got everyone feeling good. Uh, great story there. Um, Purdue did lose four starters, uh, but they brought back Ryan Klein. Everyone's excited about him. We all mm-hmm. love Ryan Klein, right? Uh, Matt Harms, Eastern's back. A lot of question marks. Um, Carson Edwards is that good though, so they are going to be a contender in in the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten being bad. But I want to I want to bring your attention to this guy. Evan Boudreaux is his name. I believe I'm pronouncing this correct. It's one of it's it's spelled French, right? Mm-hmm. He is a transfer from Dartmouth. Um, and I thought this guy was a walk on when I was looking through the Purdue roster. He's he's most certainly not a walk on. And I just want to call to I want I want to offer this call to action. Everyone listening, go look up what this kid looks like, so you're not like just completely blown away on when you turn Purdue on for the start of the season. That's all I'm going to say. You will see a picture of him. You will be absolutely certain this man is a walk-on and that his dad is a professor at Purdue, and that's how he got on the team. He is not. He was a two-time All-Ivy League player at Dartmouth, transferred to Purdue. He's going to be pretty good for them, and it is going to bold people's minds, and this is going to be a running joke made all year. That's all I'll say. So, What a ride moment. from Dartmouth, that campus, yeah. to West Lafayette, Indiana. Mm-hmm. That guy's seen some things. That's dichotomy. <laughs> yeah. That's duality in yeah. life. And then the last thing, uh, I saw a picture yesterday that, that Matt Painter tweeted with uh, Clark Kellogg, and Painter was in like a, a dry fit shirt that was, that was hugging him a little tight. He's got the belly back, Tate. Like the belly is definitely, he's got the Bill Self belly. It's going to be a good year for Purdue. That I'm means excited. that he's enjoyed. Yeah. We yeah. didn't see him when we were there. He was out recruiting, but uh, happy for him. Final team. The final final team. team, LSU. We made it. The Tigers. The line. Yes. Tremont Waters. Uh, how and, and the question surrounding LSU and Tremont Waters, who is one of the <laughs> top top seven, top nine, top eleven point guards, is is, is, is Will Wade sure that he wanted that uh, guy from Bosnia that bad that he sent him text? <laughs> <laughs> the question surrounding Tremont Waters is how is LSU going to ruin another All American caliber player? That's what we're all waiting to see. Mm. It's happened with Bob Pettit. It's happened with Pete Maravich. It's happened with Chris Jackson. Actually, it didn't happen with Bob Pettit that bad. It happened with Shaq. It happened with Ben Simmons. Is Tremont Waters next? That's the question everyone has. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think the question is, uh, man, LSU, they just keep doing it. It just keeps happening. No one cares. I mean, Will Wade, good for him. He's making it happen. He's in all these reports. We, we don't even want to get in the, the, the stuff with the wiretap stuff, but LSU, that's probably the biggest storyline that will come out this year as we roll on. Uh, I think their team is interesting. I think Will Wade is interesting as a coach. I've always found Absolutely. him pretty interesting. Um, and then I'm interested. Are you I'm, interested? I'm interested. I'm interested. Uh, Are you interested? But I, just in the SEC, I don't see them really making some noise. I mean, Waters <laughs> Waters could be the the SEC player of the year, and we could just kind of move on and be like, uh, LSU, what happened with them this year? You know? Yeah. Kind of thing like as that. As is tradition. As is tradition. <laughs> uh, 
Pettit, so Bob Pettit was was in 53-54. He actually did, he made two tournaments, but um Pettit, Pete Maravich, Chris Jackson, Shaq, Ben Simmons combined. How many sweet sixteens? Two. One, two, three, two. four, five. We're talking five guys who two. 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 1953, 1954. Both were Bob Pettit. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, I knew Shaq didn't yeah. do it. Obviously, Simmons didn't do so it. So that means Pete Maravich, Chris Jackson, Shaq, and Ben Simmons combined for zero sweet sixteens. Uh uh, but the, the caveat there is one of those two was in 1954, Bob Pettit's last year at LSU. Um, it was a 24-team tournament, and and they made it to the Sweet 16 without winning a game. Like, they got they got the bye. They were like— Oh, they, they were just were, already in the tournament. They were slotted into the Sweet 16. The same was true in 53, but they didn't won a couple games and made the Final Four. So anyway, long story short, that is tradition at LSU. You take a talented guy. you uh, The talented guy plays out of his mind, and then there's nothing to show. Unless his name is Ben Simmons. Yeah. So Ben Simmons was great. What are you talking about? Nah. He was great at LSU. Sure. Hater. Sure. Um, anything else before we go? Uh, no, pretty good. I'm excited about all these teams. I'm excited about the the final quadrant one is where we're really going to get into it. This is when we're really, yeah. really. Quadrant one. Folks, if you thought these podcasts have been long, just wait till quadrant one when we do a three hour podcast because I have no idea how I'm going to limit uh, my talk on Virginia and Duke and Kansas and Kentucky and Michigan State and Villanova and North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. We can move. We can breathe through that <laughs> pretty quickly. Michigan State, very excited about that as yeah. well. Yeah, we're going to talk forever. But uh, that's coming out when? Thursday? Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that one on Thursday. Uh, thank you for listening. Those of you in Louisville, those of you in Columbus, those of you in Bloomington, we're coming to see you. Tickets still available. Chicago, we're coming to see you. Go go uh, scoop those up. We'll see you this weekend. We're very excited for this tour. Um, goodbye. Let's hit the road. Let's hit the road.